Started. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. I didn't keep it real front of the Hello and welcome to British Wrestling Spotlight on the IndieCorner.com. I'm Ben I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And without further ado, lads, let's get into it. Let's talk the big show on Sunday, one of the biggest shows in English, British, European history. Obviously, I'm talking about Wrestle Island being back in Birkenhead at the Birkenhead Leisure Centre. Matt Brooks oh. versus Big Joe in a sing-off, pose-off wrestling match. Lads, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Ah, oh, what a show. What a show. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be well up for a... a big Joe's like a bouncer, isn't he? He wrestles. No, we've got... Yeah, there's two Big Joe's. There's a, I think one of them's changed the name now, but he's the smaller <laughs> Big Joe. He's the little guy that Andy Ogden's always talking about. Who, he's wide, so he's still a Big Joe. But, yeah, I think he was uh, the one to watch in um, Fighting Spirit magazine this month. Uh, big Joe, our man, Andy Ogden's favourite wrestler. I can't believe he's not going to be there on Sunday. Letting the North down, coming down South... Calls myself a proper northerner as well. Oh. But you'll be representing the north up there, won't you, Benno? Not coming down of a dirty south? I don't know. I haven't decided. I, I mean, we're going to spend the majority of this podcast, at least the second half, talking about progress Wembley on Sunday. I still haven't got a ticket. I have got train tickets booked each way. But I am tempted by it. The, uh, the Terror at Til- Tilted Towers is the name of the show at uh, Birkenhead Youth Club. Like I say, uh, cheap loose... prices, isn't it? Oh, ridiculously cheap. Much cheaper than going to Wembley. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt Brooks, Big Joe. There's going to be El Guerro's on that show, which is a bit odd, isn't it? Considering uh, he's his history in progress. Uh, there's about yeah. Billy Norton against Pitbull. I don't know if these names mean anything to you. The, the Merseyside no. Murder Squad versus Paradox. That's a oh, good stable man. name. That is a that is a name. The Merseyside Murder Squad. There you go. They need to recruit Jiggy Walker. Get him back out there. <laughs> that could work. Team up with Zach Gibson. Maisie Wrecking Crew. Yeah, they do a lot of. Um, it's kind of. I think a lot of the show names are, are named around like Rick and Morty references. References I don't get. But they look like fun oh. shows. Um, they've had. A, I think they had Sugar Dunkerton on a few shows as well. It's the the company put the put on the famous. Um, Shane Douglas Q and A that I went to in Birkenhead that I didn't have, unfortunately didn't have too many people there. But uh, yeah, if you're uh, if you're not going to Wembley on Sunday, you could do worse. Yeah, I'd love to see Shane Douglas in a pub again. If that was going on <laughs> during the Wembley show, it'd be enough to get me to go away from Wembley. That's for sure. Shane <laughs> Douglas suffered on a pint lonely in Liverpool or Birkenhead. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a mis- don't make that mistake, Joe. It's uh, it's very different out there. Uh, <laughs> we're all from Merseyside, though. We're all scousers, kind of. Um, yeah, I won't get into that. Um, but yeah, that's going on on Sunday. I suppose we should probably talk about the real biggest show of the weekend on Sunday. New Japan being back in Long Beach. Anyone <laughs> interested? Joe, the Jay White push has begun. Yeah, I can do about that one, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> God, are we going down that? Uh, oh, we, we did all those G1 specials. I think we've got a pass to talk <sighs> a little bit of New Japan in the preamble. Okada Tanahashi was good. Um, yeah, yeah I, it I, was. I saw that Jay White angle, and all I could think of was you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> did, were you surprised when I messaged our group chat, just ranting about it? Just... Not even slightly. Um, I didn't. I didn't know that had happened until I seen it. Mm. And then 
I had, and then I, I, I saw it over the weekends. So I just thought, right, I, I need to see what this is like. Mm. And we had an interesting chat about it the other day. <laughs> well, I was kind of, I, I don't think I could be as low in it as what you, well, no, you weren't as, as, it was an interesting one, basically talking about this could be something that works out. I'm a bit more convinced that could happen mm. than you yeah. need to be convinced yeah. in quite a big way. Yeah, I thought the angle was good and sort of well executed mm. and the you know ghetto being with jay white for no sorry being with Akada for six years and it kind of happened didn't it with Akada coming straight in and getting the push mm. off the bat and all the rest of it but for me jay white just isn't there yet i think it, i almost feel like he needs another year at least maybe another two years another yeah. g1 at least i think that maybe they're pulling the gun slightly early and oh, but they not, did that for a card i know they? i know That's they did the, they did yeah, yeah everyone, there was probably that. podcasts like this talking about oh yeah okay it was it wasn't time for him it worked out i, yeah. I don't see Jay terrible Wayne. rainmaker beating <laughs> yoji hashi you know you yeah. think the benefit of hindsight you know you think well obviously <laughs> this was all carefully planned out and i suppose that's the thing isn't it you're going on the track record as much as kind of the performer in a way mm. well i think the level of work in ring has increased to such a high standard in new japan mm. now and new japan hadn't caught on to the level it's caught on right now in 2012 when akada got the push and obviously people were saying stuff mm. but the work was at main event level was very strong mm. but it wasn't like all-time great strong as it is now mm. and one of my fears is and yeah obviously there's going to probably be some sort of downturn at some point but i just feel like jay white will bring that level of work down a little bit I, I, he feels to me like randy orton in 2004 i feel mm. like jay white is going to be good i really do mm. um and randy orton i think really did improve over time but he's not mm. someone i've ever been that into because he's quite boring let's be honest mm. um but jay white sort of reminds me of him mm. at this point in time yeah. during that sort of 2004 push where they were desperate to find that next guy so he got that push to the moon and all the rest of it and he's got the endorsement of ghetto randy Orton had the endorsement of triple h and all the rest of it so yeah i don't know i don't know i i, I want it to work I really do. I really hope that I have to eat Jay White humble pie on this one. <laughs> yeah. I think we've all um, just got bad memories, haven't we? The Tanahashi match from last year's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. If he goes to Wrestle Kingdom again and stinks it up with Okada, which hopefully he won't. I think I've got more faith in him after the G1. After I didn't love him by the end of it, but I didn't hate him as much as I, as I did at the start. I kind of warmed a little bit to the character. When he's being Weasley, I kind of like him in that role rather than yeah. trying to be dominant above his years, you know? And I think Yeah, agreed. Doesn't If I suppose he's got Gado running his mouth behind him, it could work. It could work. Uh, it shakes things gonna... up. It shakes things up, at least. Uh, and we got, well, we get... got to see the worst uh, Gado uh, chair shot of all time. So, you know, we got that too. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say though with with Ghetto that that was always his thing, wasn't it? It was always being very weaselly and and conning his way to victories. And that's while you don't want him to go kind of full blown honky tonk man in a, in eighty seven, you kind of think that bit of kind of chicken shittery would be something that is that a word would be something that <laughs> that would kind of go into place. And maybe having Ghetto at ringside would be the thing that kind of hopefully draws him out, like when he's 
when it's kind of very dull when he's on top and stalling, maybe that there could be some kind of reaction in there because that's always when his matches lose me. I think there's so much of that in New Japan at the moment, though, especially with all the interference. Uh, yeah. that adding another wrestler that whose matches are based around that would be a bit ugh. Like there's mm. a lot of it at the moment. There's a lot of sameness amongst those kind of gaijin hill guys i think at the moment so um maybe there isn't really a dominant gaijin hill maybe it'll end up with the tongans again the whole theory that we we spoke about during the g1 perhaps Mm. it'll happen because the chaos is all up that it's chaos in chaos now obviously (laughs) yeah for yoshihashi especially in there (laughs) have you seen the cliff jp i don't have you seen the match itself or did you see that it got taken down. Hey, <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they took it down because they didn't. But there wasn't an angle, was there, of him doing the slide? It was like tight, tight O'Neill, but just went, went wrong. Tight O'Neill with blood. It was tight O'Neill, but strong style. Because I watched it, thinking, "What the fuck happened there?" <laughs> like it was after I kind of knew the result and what was going to happen. I was like, "What, what did he do? Him? Did he brain himself on that? <laughs> How did he get cut?" And and again, Jay White did. Well, in the moments he reacted well, didn't he? Yeah, in terms of rubbing the blood on himself, and then there was some of that had gotten a card, mm. which kind of at least gave a visceral idea of 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 what could be created. Um, yeah, it's it, uh, at this point, I think that whether Jay White gets booed or not is really dependent on Ghetto to a degree mm. and how all in ghetto goes with this yeah i think we've all got faith in ghetto's ability to book mm. main event talent in main event positions so yeah i i think it'll work but i think it is a real work in progress where i think whereas i think the akada thing kind of clicked within what six months yeah. really by yeah. g1 it, when he beat carl anderson it really had clicked mm. whereas i think this is going to need a little bit more work possibly um i don't know i'm just not I don't know, I'm just not I'm not convinced by Jay White in the gimmick. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me. Um and I think the match layout may need to change as well, potentially. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, Benno, him being a bit more cowardly and a bit sneakier, I think will help his cause. Um but mm-hmm. I just don't want to see all the interference yeah. like yeah. yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, a fine it's a fine line. Sorry, I was just gonna say one one other thing, but is it has to be good. Yeah. Like he can't get away with it being like, eh, it was all right. There's a contradiction there as well, good. isn't there? There's a contradiction between us saying, I like the heelish character, but at the same time, I kind of want to see him at, him and Okada. I don't want to see him at Wrestle Kingdom with Okada, like Joe said, maybe playing into that character too much and doing the interference and stuff. I don't know what the line is to walk there, bell to bell with him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting one because he's he's going to be having the title match against Tanahashi at King of Pro Wrestling, isn't it? There's, I don't know if that's. Been oh, is that for the that's for the case? That's he's not case. winning Sorry, the, case. the case. He can't win the case. It's not happening. I just oh, don't that. see it. I've seen people worried about it, but I can't see it happening. No. Can you? No. Absolutely. Oh, oh. <laughs> Joe can. I hadn't really considered it, to be honest. Yeah. But now I'm just going saying... full speed ahead with he's going to have the Okada match. But God, that would be something else. The natural feud and natural matches with Okada, mm. as much as I don't really want to see it because I don't want to see Okada, not wasted, but I don't want to see another Jay White dome match and I've not seen a dramatic improvement in him to think that it's going to be that much better than that Tanahashi match last year. Mm. I hope it is. I hope I eat some humble pie, like I said. But at the same time, ah, 
Nah, nah, they won't do it. The, Tanahashi is on a roll right now, yeah. and you've got Ghetto there as well. This Akada J White match makes complete sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the, the angle. And what else are you gonna? As much as I, I don't, I think I'd like to see Okada in a different match. I don't know what that different match actually is. Okada right Jericho. Yeah, I suppose so. But they're, they're heavy on the Omega Jericho thing again, aren't they? I don't know if they're going back to that or sorry, it'd be Naito Jericho, won't it? I think that's what they'll be yeah. going back to. Well, for me, Akada Jericho, you think Akada's lost the plot. Mm. Jericho's sort of lost the plot in a way. But Jericho also likes to save people in a way, as he always used to like to say. And to me, it feels almost like a natural matchup. You've got this guy who's lost the plot and he's really got to step it up against this guy who's bringing this completely different style to what he is used to. So then Akada maybe has to change it back and find being the rainmaker again to overcome this, you know, crazed Chris Jericho. Mm. That was the way I was thinking about it. Obviously, I'm way off. <laughs> me and Ghetto, me and Ghetto aren't in line booking-wise. That's why I didn't do my G1 pickums, obviously. <laughs> but it is such a strong main event scene that if you can think, and again, we're, I'm fantasy booking here, but why not? If you could get a Neville Will Ospreay for, oh, the, for, the, for, for, that. for the Dome, like alongside it and maybe have... Here's a match for the Dome I would like to see. It would be um, uh, Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. versus LIJ. Hmm. Which um, version of LIJ? Uh, I was going to say um, Sonada and Evil. Okay, for the tag belts. For the tag belts. I, I'd like to see Zack and Suzuki against the Young Bucks. Oh, yeah. That would be a weird, yeah. but really intriguing match, I think, mm-hmm. if anything. The types of match that, the match that could be like a, a complete stars clash, but also be absolutely awesome as well. Yeah, I like the idea. Yeah. Maybe do that but at your call. I mean, you started off the segment, Bello, talking about how we're going to sort of strong style unleashed. Is that the name of this one? Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you any matches for it other than the Bucks <laughs> and the Tongans and the, oh, you were saying to me, Okada and Ishii versus Golden Lovers. Versus Golden Lovers. Yeah, they do. Yeah, two matches which are interesting in its own way. And these are two great matches. And I suddenly remembered the Tongans are in one of them. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take that back. It's been well built, kind of. I mean, we sat through that yeah. G1 and did all those podcasts. So, at least it's led to something. Uh, there's, like I say, Osprey Marty's on that card, though. That's I've seen people shitting on the yes. card, but that's that's always going to deliver, isn't it? Cody Juice Robinson will probably be all right. Um, there's just a lot of under in the normal undercard tags on there. And it doesn't help that they're announcing the, the matches six days out. Yeah, they've got themselves into this unusual situation, haven't they? Yeah, I think they need to diversify a little bit when they come to the US and start presenting something different. You think that Tanahashi Okada match, you think of the amount of shows they've got coming up at the moment. I just don't think that needed to be in Japan. Mm. Japan's had 11 Tanahashi Okada matches. Mm. I think they would have sold out. Um, loved it in the US, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, if they'd have just said, right, done this matches so many times, we can spare it in the US mm. and pop. Draw, draw, well, sell the house out because we're struggling here. Pop it up, main event, Cody Juice just underneath. I think that would have been absolutely perfect as a card. That ties it up with um, an interesting couple of interviews with Tanahashi and Okada where they were saying that what they need to to provide the authenticity. Tanahashi brought up about WWE coming to Yokohama and then having a translator after the WWE announcer, and the the translator was getting booed Mm. because what people wanted was an authentic WWE experience. And I kind of think the same works here when New Japan come over. We were, you know, when we talked about the presentation of Strong Style Evolved shows in in the UK, saying, really, this is, RevPro does New Japan. And 
again, what people want to see is New Japan, and that would mean the mats look like New Japan mats with whatever Lawson is on it in terms of the sponsors and the rest <laughs> of it. You know, with the with the with the the announcement after twenty minutes in Japanese, or sorry, every ten minutes. You know, that kind of stuff is actually the authenticity of it that we don't ever get to experience. Mm. And I think they just like they need to remember that for these shows. And I think, like you say, having an Akada Tanahashi match would have done the world a good. Definitely. I need to get myself to Japan one day. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I don't All- know when. All you would do the the post wrestling podcast where he's going for uh, January fourth this year. I know a few people who've done it. I've got to do it at some point. It's just the expense, isn't it, of getting out Mate, there. to be young like Ollie, uh, <laughs> sure he's having a great old time of it. Not to be tied down in a <laughs> job that is your <laughs> career and to be engaged and have a mortgage. Oh. Podcast got dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm loving life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I sound really miserable. Those things are all great. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad, to be, a, to, glad to be a homeowner, but at the there same time, my dream is to go to Japan. So I've been doing a lottery recently, so let's hope my luck comes in at some point. I mean, me and JP are going to Germany next week. That's something. It's a week away, JP. I can't believe that. But, you know, that's, I know. it's not quite Japan, I but know. You know, we've got a good weekend. I know. It's, it's been, um, yeah, it's it's really crept up. And, um, you know, I'd say personally, I've had a, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. Mm. Um, and um, I'm really looking forward to it. I suppose I should say it. My, my father passed away um, earlier on in the week. Um, but one of the things about this is um, being able to go over and in the midst of kind of a lot of the administration that comes about with with these kind of matters, Mm. taking the time out to go away and watch something as a fan and enjoy it and be able to kind of switch my my head off and and kind of relax, that kind of escapism, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And the cards look cracking, frankly. Oh God, yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we'll be able to go out there, JP. I'll be out there with you. You know, take your mind off things a little bit and just, yeah. There's so much going on over that weekend. That the actual just the tag league tournament bracket looks so good, but some of the matches they've got going on outside of it as well. It just looks like a an absolutely uh, incredible few days. What have they announced? I've been a bit in the dark on all this. I want to have to look it all up now. <laughs> David Starr, Jern Simmons, part two. Uh, they're doing that as a hair versus hair match. Oh, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the, the big one for me. I'm quite excited for that. Um, it's kind of Never like seen... we were getting worked backstage for that one, weren't we, last time? I'll do it. Kind of, uh, lots lots of uh, Jern Simmons talking about how he really hates David Starr in real life. And here we are. There's actually a match going on. I'm not so sure on that stuff. So, so here, yeah, they've got, um, I don't know, there's a dark match on here. Shotgun title match where I think the winner takes on Maris Alani. Am I looking at night two? I might well. No, tag one, it says there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, tag one. Um, yeah, the hair versus hair match. Then they've got on night two, I think it's a triple threat world title match, which is absolute Andy, Ilya Dragunov. And Bobby Guns. Mm. Oh, Bobby Guns getting the big push. Yeah. Nice. So they did some re- they did some promos this week on Shotgun, um, which I managed to see, which are really good, like sort of uh, sit down uh, promos, which I'd recommend to anyone watching it. And yeah, got- I've, I've been meaning to watch the last uh, big weekend they did, where they did the um, Hamburg show and they did the Oberhausen show the night after. I've just not got around to it yet. Life's been pretty hectic recently. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, then they've also got um, what else have they got? I mean, in terms of the groups of the tag leagues themselves, the, sorry, the 
for the tag tournament is really strong. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, CCK, LAX, um, Lucha Brothers. Um, they've got oh, I'm Hashimoto. That's Hashimoto's son, isn't it? Yes, Daichi it is. Hashimoto. Daichi Hashimoto yeah, yeah. and um, Kamitani. Oh, I don't know that much about him. Aussie opener there. Mm. Um, Phoenix oh, and Pentagon's Phoenix and Pentagon, yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- yeah. Yeah, this looks awesome. I'm jealous. Monster consulting. Well jealous of you both getting to go, I've got to say. And then they've also got what looks like to be a really strong women's card mm. um, for Femme Fatale. Yeah, that's kind um, of a yeah, Saturday afternoon yeah. card, isn't it? Um, um, Micah Setamora. Yeah, and you remember, like, I mean, one of the things is, is the way that it was presented in terms of like Vesna was presented as mm. like a real threat. I'm assuming Jazzy Gabbert might make some kind of appearance as well. She's got that. Well, I've not seen any of the May Young Classic, have either of you? No. No, I haven't watched so much of that. No, I, I don't know anyone who has, really. Uh, part of the problem is, oh, and we're going out of our, outside of our remit here, is it's just I knew the results. Mm. And I kind of thought, okay, I'm kind of interested by this stage. And then I'll catch up on some matches just before basically that the devolution oh, pay-per-view yeah if i hear anything's good or yes. like must watch i'll dip in but it's having time yeah yeah, yeah. it is not been a huge amount to talk about that has there uh, it's kind of buried on that that wednesday night slot with nxt and 205 lives there as well yeah it's just not mm-hmm. there's too much to watch as it is I, I was trying to catch up on my mlw the other day and my impact i'm miles behind on that stuff as well uh, it's just too much good wrestling at your fingertips i think there jp <laughs> Did you watch the War Games MLW? I did. I don't know if I'd recommend it. It was, it was interesting. I don't think it was good. Um, yeah, I don't know if either you saw either of it. It's kind of they did War Games right. Apart from the fact there was no roof on the cage, they got all the rules right. Um, you got I love like the roof, mate. Got some really cool promos. One of which was a bit awkward, where Tommy Dreamer was started talking about Martin Luther King. And you're thinking that he's referencing the fact that members of his team, some members of his team are black, some are white. But he starts talking about flyers wrestling with hardcore wrestlers and fat guys wrestling with small guys. And he never quite says it. It's all a bit weird. Um, but I appreciate. So he's doing the I Have a Dream speech, but based <laughs> yeah. around like diversity and wrestling like, body style. size and wrestling. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, oh, Tommy, surely there should have been like a cut two for that. Um, I appreciate that they did the, you know, the the stable war game slash Survivor Series kind of promo. That was fun, uh, but yeah, I think somebody should have had a word in his ear about all that stuff. It was, yeah, it was it was decent. It was the, the it's weird MLW, isn't it? Cause it's it is very TV ready, but it's still very indie. The venue's still a bit grungy, um, and some of the guys in there. Have you guys seen much of Barrington Hughes? He was kind of. I know he is. I think it was one match. Big fat guy. And a lot of the match was built around him, a big spot being him wrapping himself in barbed wire and hitting. I think it was a big splash. Uh, Yeah. It didn't make. He's a big bloke. Yeah, seen pictures of him. He's like, bloody hell. Yeah, it didn't make for the best match because it was based around that. And also, the kind of. Considering they're bringing war games back, and I think MLW got the trademark on it as well, you would have thought for the first one they'd just go with the traditional, the heels get the advantage, but it was actually the faces who had the advantage, which kind of killed it a bit. Um, they tried to counter that with, I think it was Shane Strickland getting taken out by Sammy Callahan on his entrance to even things up and give the heels an advantage, but it was all a bit weird. I'm not saying don't watch it, uh, but it maybe didn't live up to, I don't know, the expectation, expectations I have in my mind, and... Maybe part of that, some of the people who are in it, maybe if they'd have done it around the that new half foundation they set it up or something a bit mm-hmm. more interesting, I might have been more into it. 
It's not Sting's squadron against a dangerous alliance, then. That's, no. that's the high watermark. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not, he won the horseman against the Steiners. Yeah. Uh, nah, Steiners, Rick. Pillman, and... Um, oh, who's the, is it Barry Windham? Or is yes. Barry Windham in the horseman at that point? I can't remember. But that's that when Pillman gets the, the spot with Sid. You know, yes. He gets his head on the roof. Oh, that's <laughs> a spot and a half. The Sting squadron matches the one for me because it's just... It's the one I can remember going to the local video shop and renting in about yes. maybe 1985, 1996. And I remember watching it thinking I was watching this old-timey wrestling. Look, there's that ringmaster Steve Austin guy. And he's in WCW years ago when it really it was like, what, four oh. years ago, five years ago? Uh, it's yeah. weird, though, isn't it? Stuff seems to age so much slower yeah. now than it did then. Like, I remember watching the um, Michael's Undertaker, Hell in a Cell, in mm. like 2000 for mm. the first time and being like, God, this looks old. Like I thought it looked ancient, and yeah. it was like three years before, maybe less than that at that point in time. I didn't like the blue ring mats. I wasn't used to it at that point. It was the attitude. <laughs> it. it was like, it looks wrong. This is when I show my age, because I grew up with WCW and ITV, and having the videotapes and getting them when they first came out. So like, there's a real nostalgia for it. I mean, I've, I, I can, the Sting Squadron match, particularly because I was always a massive Rick Rude fan, mm. and I liked poorly dangerously back then and i fancied medusa and missy hyatt so the whole thing kind of like was just like oh it's amazing i was a teenager for god's sake um, perfect age and, that's a way for timing so back there, though yeah there's the, oh, <laughs> the great shoot interview mate you're missing out the major guns shoot interview <laughs> she argues that she's a bigger ratings draw than goldberg fair yes, can't argue that point yeah, exactly. And I'll, I'll let anyone else to watch that. I've wasted too much of my life watching those nonsense things. Yeah. Um, hey, I've lost completely lost my point there. Oh, no, it's saying so. I mean, I'm very nostalgic about those and about Steve Austin mm. in particular, who I, I really enjoyed. And you could kind of see that there was something there at that point in time. And then yeah. when they when Hogan came in, obviously, and they went to turned into fucking cartoon land for a bit didn't it i think the thing with me with that early 90s wcw you know mentioned i got it all from the video shop was that i was renting it but you, when you're a kid you kind of rent it out of order as well so i'm just taking yeah. random events and i think i loved pretty much everyone i think if you watch it in sequence it's going to be headache inducing because the book oh. changes every few months and the booking is generally terrible and you can't really follow the stories along but yeah, as one-off events, they always uh, held up to me as a kid. Um, and even now, going back, Captain I still love all Combat that stuff. 90. Oh, with oh. Robocop. With Robocop. But that's also got um, the Midnight Express against Pillman and the Z-Man, which oh. is a great tag yes. match. Then yes. there's the one a couple of months later, which is the Midnights against the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, oh, which is one of my favourite matches Tracy ever. Tracy Smothers and... Um, one of the Armstrong yeah. brothers. Yeah, I want to say Brad Armstrong. Not Brad, it's uh, not Scott, um, the other one. Okay, Steve Armstrong. Steve. Yeah, yes. yeah, not yeah. the road dog. And they'd have the guns. No, not the road dog. <laughs> fuck the road dog. <laughs> yeah, I think well, a favourite of mine. As you say, I think a favourite of mine is that beach. Is it a beach bash show where it's got uh, yeah. a thirty-minute Ironman match with yeah. oh, Steamboat so and Rick Rude? Has that got Cactus Jack Sting on it as well? Or I'm yeah, just yes. remembering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the... it's got um, oh, Steiner's against the Miracle Violence Connection as well, which is oh, good. And Pillman against uh, Scott Le- uh, Scotty Flamingo. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. It's also the first pay per view that Ventura- Jesse Ventura calls for them. No, that's Super Bowl ninety two. Is that come- Super Bowl ninety two? Yeah, when he comes out on that motorbike at the beginning. Oh, oh right, yeah, right. Yeah. My bad. 
Yeah. So you did. This is what we are the back build, in the day. We did the Bill Watts era WCW, I thought was good. <laughs> I wasn't watching it at the time. Well, you know what? I remember WCW on ITV vaguely, but uh, I caught up on all these videos by buying them at cash converters back in the day. Good so, shout. Yeah. yeah. See, this is pre-streaming days. The, the young guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. But yeah, that was that was the world as it was. Those telling stories of our uh, our grizzled past. Oh, you had to show patience. Like if you're buying off tape traders, two months you might have to wait up to. And you just, the day the day it all arrived, you'd be so happy. I imagine you guys felt like that because you bought all the Ring of Honor DVDs oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it'd be a length of time that you're waiting for that to get shipped with all the added shipping costs and the rest. Oh, yeah. I, was work- I worked at Sainsbury's for like six years and I was a student. And whenever I'd get paid, it would be like Ring of Honor spree. <laughs> or when my first student loan payment came in, I didn't tell my mum, but I had a bit of a cheeky Ring of Honor spree then as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy days, are you, Joe? I remember, like, I was, I think I probably started working at that point and most of my wages went on stupid Ring of Honor DVD. I'd get like eight at a time. And I'd be buying T-shirts and bag- I remember. I think I probably said that on this podcast before. I remember working out that over the course of a year, I'd spent at least a month's pay uh, entirely on Ring of Honor, which was yeah. That that was kind of that gives you an indication of what my social life was like in the year two thousand and five. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, you were off to America seeing Ring of Honor and your Ring of Honor tracksuit, if I remember rightly. Yeah, so. I had all that. Yeah. yeah, I had the tracksuit. Yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, I had the. Thanks, I appreciate it. I got a picture with CM Punk once because he took pity on me. Because He told everyone else no, but he saw me in my dopey ring of honor tracksuit and was like, all right, fine, I'll take the photo with you. So I've always got that. <laughs> uh, while we're way off topic. <laughs> oh, we are, aren't we? How do we put it back from here? One other thing I was going to ask you, JP, when we do get to the, the progress stuff and a couple more Brit Res notes, I just wanted to ask you if you've been watching any Impact. Uh, I noticed... Uh, I- I haven't, no. Your, your boy Abyss is going in the Hall of Fame, so I wonder whether <laughs> I that did, might pull you back I in. Did hear, I did hear that, and well deserved. But doesn't he have Hulk Hogan's Hall of Fame ring? Didn't he give it to him? Do you not remember True, when he was like, yeah, you're yeah. a man, and he gave him his He's Hall of Fame? In. That's it, it's yeah. done. <laughs> Joey's there, then. Why have a, why have a ceremony? I've got to put you on the spot, JP. like Ric Flair now. <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's certainly one of the most important figures in certainly <laughs> contemporary wrestling history. Yeah, he took a lot of bumps he, for that company. He, he could did. have gone to WWE and he never did it. He, he, he stayed loyal to a fault. I mean, really, he should have gone to WWE when he had the He should have done. They didn't like his belly. Yeah, there is that as well. Plus basically. the fact that he was basically Mankind slash Kane. Uh, that was always a problem. He was. Mm. He was very much just sort of, if anything, it's like he's a good upgrade on Vic Grimes. Mm. But I wouldn't go like kind of out of, out of my way. The Great Abyss match. Mm. Uh, Christian at Lockdown. Oh yes, is that the one we done the the thing where he'd gone into Christian's house and threw him in the swimming pool? I don't remember. And I that. think he might have been stalking his <laughs> I remember wife. Triple I H get a it. Randy Orton out of a sledgehammer <laughs> Randy Orton had a standing wife. Oh, all, all I can remember about Abyss, as far as matches go, is that a re- was it the original Monsters Ball match with him, Raven, someone else was in it, and they they did that. The gimmick was that they'd been locked in a cage for like the last twenty four hours, and they came out oh, and wrestled. Yes. Peak TNA, even even peak WCW wasn't coming up with those ideas. <laughs> it was, it was in three days with no food, or something like <laughs> that. Was, was it, like, yeah, yeah. How could you ask them to have a match then? That would just be yeah. like this health and safety legislation for a reason. And how could you prove it as well? That's the thing. I wonder if uh, the likes of Raven yeah. and that when they were having meals in the days leading up to it, they were making sure there were no cameras watching them because they were supposed <laughs> to be in the <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhere. <laughs> 
it's in a waffle house <laughs> i mean the reason i asked by the way jp is just to put you on mm. the spot we're doing a bound for glory show or what yeah, yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll catch up by that point i promise you but i will do a bound for glory show joe can we talk you into it there's been uh there's been uh yeah go on then i did really like that last tna pay-per-view yeah, like yeah. it was really good oh, yeah it's yeah. one of the best shows this year i think Definitely. so yeah go on then i'll give him a second chance. and it has to be said like a media con it sounded like the the impact show was was you know oh it's definitely of... the best show of the weekend yeah and best show of the weekend yeah oh, when is bound for glory it's like in oh, two weeks something like that less than that yeah oh yeah. shit yeah that's, gonna, that's gonna come around yeah, it is isn't it Everything's and there's global tough. wars in between that tough god yeah there's a there's a busy period of shows coming up uh loads going on i mean even this weekend i was supposed to suppose we should tie it back to brit res at some point there's that um, yes fight club pro i've got uh, project may may i'm coming up the weekend have you seen the stuff today about the the venue changing there was a lot of weird stuff going on with that they were supposed to be do they were supposed to be doing the show at starworks then it was maybe a yeah. mystery venue then a couple i think last week they said that they'd sold out which was suspicious because they never sell out. And then I think the venue have said something about the fact there was a break-in and therefore they're not open this weekend. All a bit weird, isn't it? Did they stage a break-in to get out of this? I didn't say it. That's a hell of a statement. Hang on. We don't want to end up like Coca Banner in court here, Joey. Alleged, possibly, allegedly, I don't know what the word would be. Uh, it's, all, it's just a bit weird that that gets announced the Monday after Fight Club Pro have already said that they were sold out. Is it yeah? Is it something suspect with the Starworks? Oh, that does sound dodgy, doesn't it? Reminds it? me of Phil Mitchell and Frank Butcher torching the car lot in EastEnders. Oh God, yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Maybe that's oh, what's going on. Yeah, there was that weird, like there was the weird fire a couple of months back as well, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, it could have be all innocent. Uh, I'm trying to see what the. Do you know what the name of the new venue is? I believe it is just up the road. I don't think anyone who's travelling out is going to be too far put out. It's not um, that banquet suite again, is it? No, it's near there. It, the new rest, they call it the Hangar on Pountney Street, apparently, if anyone's going. Uh, hopefully, they'll have someone st- stood outside the Starworks directing people to walk five minutes in the opposite direction. But, yeah, I do believe it's close, so at least there's that. Um, I was considering going to the Saturday show because mm. uh, Southampton are playing Wolves at Molyneux that day as well. Mm. So I was thinking, oh, could I fit both in? But I'm, I'm getting a new car that I've got to pick up that day. So that put that plan out the window. Mm. But one of the reasons I was tempted to go back was for that Jack snack bar as well and the crack at Indian food. But if the Starworks is out, I'm kind of glad I'm not because I miss out on a bit of Jack's as well. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I watched that last, um, that last show with Tyler against Daisuke and it did kind of... That wasn't the greatest match in the world. It was solid, but the place looked busy. It looked, it looked like the the Fight Club Pro of old, and it made me a little bit sad that I wasn't that I hadn't been in a while. Um, but yeah, I suppose we'll have to see what this new venue is like to see if it's uh, if it's worth the trip. It does. If they've sold out, then obviously it's small. I don't know. There were a lot of people I know who usually go to Fight Club Pro shows, and I was the same. I'd always buy my ticket on the door, um, or bum a ticket off one of you guys if you had a spare going. Uh, it, it, you could usually rely on the fact that it was a walk-up audience, so I think a mm-hmm. lot of people who've booked hotels and stuff aren't, aren't going to be too happy. Well, yeah, that's that's going to be the thing. I mean, you're always, especially going to Wolverhampton, it's, if you're going by public transport, I mean, it's, it's always going to cost a few quid. Mm. Isn't it? I mean, it's and it's it's cheap enough, I suppose, to stay in as a, as a place. But mm. as we've said on more than a few occasions, it's not really the place you want to be knocking around in with something to do. Although their football team is good, 
<laughs> I'll say that. Hey, Trent like, Tyler and Pete were, were at a Wolves game the other day. They were uh, they were there as uh, special I, guests. Yeah, Tyler Bate did an aeroplane spin on the kind of the club. The, no, not the mascot, like the club announcer. Mm. The guy does the half-time stuff. Steve Ball there. I didn't see him on that. Uh, it was just a bloke who was doing the interviews. Okay. Was Trent Seven not there? Yeah, he was there as well. Uh, the three he's, of them he's were there. Big Wolves fan, isn't Yeah, they, they were all there watching it. It was the Carabao Cup they'd gone. To oh, see. right. Okay. Which me and you went to as well. well. We went to. Yeah, we were at Oxford Man City this week, Benno. <laughs> big game. It was. Uh, Man City only won 3 0 in the <laughs> end, which, in fairness, they had all of the play. And effectively every attempt on goal. So they they kind of thoroughly <laughs> deserved it without having to get out of second gear at any stage. <laughs> but Oxford didn't get an absolute leathering, so it's all good. What yeah. is this podcast? podcast? Which one? It's, like, we're just talking. <laughs> oh, sorry, we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm not complaining, but, you know. <laughs> oh, we've got well off rest. Are we, are we just avoiding the inevitable? <laughs> yeah, we're avoiding the inevitable progress talk. I was just wondering if you were thinking of going back to Fight Club Pro. I thought maybe the, the Schadenfreude uh, stuff <laughs> might bring you back in. I don't know. Kyle Fletcher's yeah, a heel. Not do it for you. He was good on that last show I watched. Um, I... I, I can't watch their shows on VOD. I've tried, and for me, the live experience does not translate at all on their VOD. Um, find it really tough. So I've really not. I've watched like maybe bits of a couple of shows since well this year. Really, I haven't mm. been to them this year because um, it was a double shot and it was a Saturday show. It was why it tempted me to go back. Then Saints were there on the Saturday, mm. but it's Friday nights. It's getting up there on a Friday night and then sitting in traffic for hours, then getting home at like two in the morning. It's a, it's a big commitment. It's a big mm. commitment. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It kind of, I will say I, I, the last couple of shows that I've watched that I've enjoyed and it's made me sad. And yeah, I watch it and I think this doesn't translate to the VOD. There was a Scotty Davis Jordan Devlin match on that last eighth ruler fight club show that I reckon in the building I would have been much more into. It was still good and it was still cool to see Scotty Davis on the show, um, but still, yeah, it's just just something not quite the same. Um, even the Tyler Dice game match, I, I, I heard reports at first that it was loud in the building, and then I watched the VOD and it did sound really silent. It was almost like a lot of the fans didn't know who Dice Gay Sekimoto was, although I did hear subsequent reports from people saying it was it was just as quiet in moments at the building as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it is. I think I watched the VOD, like that show, and it just makes me think, uh, if I'm going to watch Fight Club Pro, I think I'd rather just be, be doing it in person. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think it's a live experience promotion, not a VOD promotion. Definitely. I mean, if they do want to be a VOD promotion, and they've got they they have one of the they do book a kind of really interesting lineups. I'll say. I mean, they do book individually interesting wrestling. You can see it next month with uh, was it um, Seamus coming over? Hmm. Yeah, I don't um, always think they book them effectively. But that's though. that's it. The, ha- the actual booking themselves is is, is haphazard. Seamus wasn't are, great the last time it, we saw him at Fight Club Pro as well. Either was he? Yeah. I thought the Dragon Gate guys really underwhelmed mm. when we saw yeah. the Fight Club Pro. I think he's just after a booking now, isn't he? Because the, the China stuff's not exactly working out. I think he's just taking bookings wherever. It's still cool. I'm sure there's people going to get to see him. But yeah, after seeing it once, I, I don't know. It wasn't really hugely plus to make that trip. I think, yeah, did they, but they, the fact that they're, they're kind of, I say sometimes they're thinking outside the box. I mean, I like the fact they use Lucky Kid on a on a regular basis. And yeah. even like the best friends that are bringing over before anyone else was yeah. as well. And you know, they're a 
decent tag team, PWG and all the rest of it. So there's good stuff going on Who's there. Who's the American team? They've got um, uh, Desmond Xavier and Zachary yeah, that's, Wentz. That's the best yeah. friends. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, sorry. Or the Rascals. Or the Rascals, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They get to, uh, that's it. Chucky T and... The best friends is, um, yeah, yeah, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, isn't it? I yeah. know, oh, Ch- Trent Barretta. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think but it's Orange interesting. Orange Cassidy has been over as part of it as well, I think, before mm. Fight Club. It's the fact that they have those weird connections, isn't it? I think that's always cool that they can deliver yeah. something slightly different um, and you get to see those guys. They're all guys that I think I'd enjoy watching live. So, yeah, maybe at some point, maybe in the new year or if there's a show before the end of the year that maybe tempts me. Yeah, I think so. It would be nice for them for once just to announce a lineup mm. before, before a show just to yeah. sort of know yeah, what it only, is. I think there's two matches announced for this weekend. It's just, there's nothing. Yeah. I'd give it a preview, but there's not much to preview either. It's just, yeah, that's that's Fight Club Pro right it now. It could be good. Mm. But they never seem to build to matches either. Like They, mm. okay, they, they did that Travis Banks low-key one, mm. but mm-hmm. my interest kind of died in it. I don't know. And, it took too long never... to get to the match, didn't it? Yeah, and it feels like it's really a promotion where you just get a random match. You don't get a really hotly anticipated match, which has been sort of well-built, if mm. anything. Um, it's, it's a promotion where the booking kind of doesn't matter. Mm. And I think for me, that's one of the issues I kind of take with them because it feels all very inconsequential, if anything. Mm. Yeah, that, that's it. That's them. It, it's a it's a night out promotion. That's how I've always described it. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which not... is fine. They've got their place. Mm. But, I mean, at the same time... Like I said, I enjoyed Kyle Fletcher and his heel role against Omari in the last show. I, I'm intrigued by the Schadenfreude stuff with having trying to get behind Chris Brooks properly as a heel. That's always been a yeah. criticism for me with him where there were points weren't there in the last year where he's supposed to be a heel, but then he was kind of in the babyface spot teaming with CCK and Dream matches. If they can get that stuff a little bit more consistent and you know build to something big, um, as they kind of are with, with Miko, maybe, maybe it could, you could get me back. Yeah, I think so. And I also want to see as well that they've started to get um, a lot of the imports from OTT, a lot of the the, the younger wrestlers there. Oh, so it's going to be interesting to see that if that's going to be one of the places where they're really going to learn and develop because that could be really good, and especially if they've got Jordan Devlin coming over as well in the meantime. I mean, that side of it I'm kind of intrigued by. Mm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Oh, good, job. No, I was just agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, you link, you mentioned OTT there, uh, JP. Did you see the, the Devil and Walter matches free on YouTube now? It's been fun. Oh. Get, it's been fun seeing people who, who might otherwise have not watched that match get to see it. That's a, a masterstroke, isn't it? Putting that thing on YouTube with the, with the awesome intro video, the match and the post-match all involved. Oh, good. On, anyone who hasn't seen that should watch that. Seriously. Yeah. Oh. Ah absolutely get on that as well um i called uh, it my european match of the year at, at the moment yeah. is that strong i don't know if you guys would agree i'm trying to think of it of a rival for me but right now maybe uh, it's the presentation that's coloring me a little bit more than just the match purely but, but that is part of it though yeah i think the carrot main event the um bad bones walter and Ilya uh carrot main event night two is the only one that comes close for me in terms of rivaling it in terms of being like a big match oh yeah yeah when you're factoring in the the surprise yeah 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 yeah. in terms of having that presentation and a a kind of that big fight vibe yeah yeah i have to say yeah probably since since that this was the thing that that did seem to rival it i mean it's no coincidence you got walter in both and he's kind of mr credibility isn't he in Mm. many ways when it comes to um independent wrestling at the moment um yeah, it's it's going to be um, 
it, it, sorry, I've completely lost my train of thought there for a second. It's going to be no, tough, think... isn't it? It's kind of, yeah. I, 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 I put you on the spot there. I think it's the type of thing you need to think, sit and think about and go, oh God, yeah, that match happened in January. Oh God, yeah, that match happened in yeah. February. I mean, like I say, I just saw Osprey and Walter, you know, not long ago and I've almost forgotten about that. Uh, it's just, it's got to, it's got to be a case of sitting down and looking through spreadsheets yeah. or sitting down and looking to. Right now and uh, I'm just looking and Walter seems to be in most of my European matches that are high. Yeah. The only one that's in there that's sort of around the area is Riddle and Osprey from Scrapomania as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Other than that, it's full of Walter matches. That top five. I yeah. need to look at my spreadsheet. I need to add it onto the the Grapple app. Our mate Gareth is doing just a nice little plug there for him. Uh, not officially released yet, but you might be able to find it in app stores. Uh, once oh, I yeah. once I add all that stuff on, yeah, maybe I could sit down and have a, a proper look at, at at the matches I've actually rated, maybe four stars and above. But it's a it's a canny move, and and they're that you know they're thinking about that international audience, and they're thinking about the kind of expansion, and they've created an atmosphere where people want to go, and where you know we speak of wrestling tourism. Our friend Mark went to White Wolf Wrestling the other week. Yeah. I know you you uh, he did a review for the website, and obviously he he did um, an audio view uh, review for your post show, Benno. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was what's kind of interesting is that kind of wrestling tourism. That's really what you want to see. You want to see kind of a well, if you're going to make the effort to travel and to fly over, you know, a well-booked promotion that has big matches that are hyped in a way that's meaningful and also hyped in a way that is different to everything else. I watched another one of the crooked gentleman um, promos that they'd done, just filming people going into the national stadium Mm. and, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was like very. It was cinematic, and you think that's kind of the next level of where wrestling and from a production perspective really needs to think of. Um, and so, as a result, I mean, you, you watch this, and I think it was was it John Pollock was saying in terms of the the pre match promo, he hadn't seen anything like that really mm. outside of UFC. Oh uh, yeah, WWE. Yeah. I can't think of uh, something in wrestling I've seen better, at least in recent years. I can't think no. of a bit promo package. But with ingenuity in it as well, not just like a generic rock track and kind of highlights of promos and a bit where they're together and some commentary screaming over the top, like Mm. actual thought going into with a limited amount of footage that you have on Walter to be able to use in this way. Mm. Sounds like repeating some of the podcasts the other month. but Ah, but but it's that good. People should watch it. It's free. It's on there on YouTube. It's just a hard sell, isn't it? It is. And it, you know, and you've got to be canny like that to put put these types of matches up there. Yeah, the only package I can think of that stood out to me as much was the first Omega Okada match. They had a great package before that match. I remember, yes, where I was like genuinely nervous before the match, and then my internet cut out on Omega's entrance. Oh, um, but that package was amazing as well. But you don't expect this maybe in European wrestling, Definitely which is not. why it stood out quite so much. I'm guessing. I got to say, compared to some of the packages progress have put together for this Wembley show mm. oh my god this is that that package that Fight Club Pro <laughs> sorry OTT put together is like an Oscar award winning package <laughs> seriously well, we maybe maybe we have d- delayed the inevitable a bit too much we probably I mean <laughs> unless you want to get into the McGregor press conference Joey Janela's injury or Liv Morgan's concussion we should uh, <laughs> we should maybe oh, see the progress stuff no what do you think I'm not bothered about <laughs> you know I would just say what we uh, in quick in quick succession? Uh, the Liv Morgan succession was a um, a Liv Morgan concussion. I thought was was an accident, but at the same time, she's never been any good at wrestling. Brie Bella. <laughs> I don't know where people. You know the the idea that somehow this is surprising. I I don't know what it is. 
Joey Janela's injury, inevitable. Sad. Um, sad. It is very sad because he's going to be out for a, for a length of time, but it is certainly inevitable. But he's someone um, you could see doing something, not even wrestling, just doing being around. I think he'll stay over, putting on the shows that he yes. puts on over Mania weekend if he's still injured then. I think he'll be all right. Put put him in those shows mm. and then let him see basic, you know, let him let him work behind the scenes. The guy's got a great mind. We've said it before and we've seen it with some of the other shows as well. He's got an absolutely brilliant mind for the business mm. and kind of knows how to kind of tap into things slightly before they become big and, and does a good job with the wacky. I, I want to see New Jack come back and I think the only way that's ever <laughs> going to happen is through Joey Janela. Gangsters reunion. Gangsters re- just oh. one off. It'll be awful, but just to hear natural born killers. Gangsters versus you. LAX, Homicide yes. and Hernandez, LAX, yes. or Loki <laughs> at Spring Break. I, I think you can drag one of those out into Lost in New York too. Well, Mustafa, oh. speaking of Lost in New York, where are you going to find Mustafa? Like, is he even alive? Is, oh. is yeah, is I don't he in know. prison? What's the like? <laughs> he used to just disappear, didn't he? Yeah. We've gone back on the nostalgia trip again, <laughs> avoiding the inevitable. Uh, good, good luck. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. I, th- that's the person I would like to see the most is um, is 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 New Jack, and I think Joey Janela is the only way through that. What was the other thing you said? Oh, there the McGregor bit... press conference. But ah, uh... oh, that bloke. I haven't is... watched it, but he's turned into an arsehole. He's <laughs> every ounce of humility that he had is gone mm. completely. Yeah. I watched highlights of that press conference, and uh, it, Khabib isn't the best bloke. Khabib is d- dodgy as oh. an old uh, what's his name Ali Khabib's manager there's all sorts of shit on that bloke and McGregor was tearing into him as well but as he was doing that, I was thinking god this is just one dickhead tearing into another dickhead and there's McGregor posing for photos of Putin at the World Cup final and talking about what a Don Putin is and you're sort of thinking but like what is going on here <laughs> this has sort of become like it'll sell like, some fights yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's there's like a Russian political element to it. Then there's Dana White talking to Trump and the whole thing about the independent contractor court case. And you're thinking, you say, okay, Trump. There's a connection to Putin there. I'm not sort of, you know, it's yeah. almost like conspiratorial in a way. Like all of these, like yeah. like government in both countries linked to MMA in some weird way. And it's <laughs> it's all become very dark and very cynical. <clears throat> I got to say, I've been a massive MMA fan in the past, but this year my interest has just died. Like I think UFC mm. have done some awful things in the last couple of years, out of desperation for buy rates, especially since the um, sell to um, oh, what IMG. Called? IMG, yeah. Um, since the Petitas are gone, it's not been the same company. The Jones stuff the last couple of weeks was a prime example of that. And then you had another dickhead who'd done a really dickish thing in Brooklyn back in what March, April, yep. turning up and just. He was previous. That joke. Come on, I love it. I love McGregor. I think he's great. I, 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 I did, I really did, but I've got to the point now where I'm just kind of like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I like, get that. I've, You're going to watch his fights, though, aren't you? You're going to pay the pay per view price on BT Sports. No, I'll, I'll, I'll find another way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say that the, the issue with McGregor really at this point is, um, he needs to get through to the redemption stage now. Probably the only way is, is if he gets an absolute chewing off Khabib, goes away, becomes humble. Does effectively the Rocky Four training regime out in the out in the snow and in the woods away from everyone, mm-hmm. and comes back as this kind of supreme Zen fighter. 
to take down Khabib in Moscow in front of 60,000. I wish this show was in Moscow. <laughs> that would be something. Yeah. You'd never get back home again. That's the problem. <coughs> oh, it would be great. Imagine it in the Luzhniki. Yes. What an atmosphere. <laughs> right. Shall we move on? I mean, I'm gonna yeah. have a I'm gonna have a nightmare putting the show notes in for this first hour. It's probably the either the worst show we've ever done or the best show we've ever done. But yeah, it's I'll, I'll the most do my best. Focused show we've ever done. That's for sure. <laughs> well, there hasn't it, actually been that much wrestling on British <laughs> the last couple of weeks necessarily. It's, it's been all the, anticipation, isn't it? Before the storm, isn't it? Mm, yeah, big Fight Club Pro show, big WXW show, big Progress show, big Rev Pro show, all coming up. I think there's an Eve show in there somewhere if you care. Um, but yeah, I think we're just del- delaying the inevitable here, lads. Shall we? Uh, shall we talk some progress? Yeah, why not? Hi folks, Glenn Joseph here from Progress Wrestling Management and let's get straight to business. Unfortunately, Zack Sabre Jr. is out of the Wembley Arena show due to his New Japan Pro Wrestling contractual obligations. Hiya, Jim here, one of the three Progress Wrestling co-owners. Um, myself and John and Glenn have had a cool idea for something involving our tag team division at our big show at Wembley Arena on September the 30th. We are going to have a tag team Thunderbastard match. USA Coast to Coast Tour, any wrestler that puts together three back-to-back consecutive singles wins in competition will qualify for the World Championship match and indeed the main event at Wembley. The day I lose this belt, 
That would be my day. That would be the last one. about serious wrestling now. Real big strong boy. Yeah. Jimmy fucking Apple. What you're the game is I am the one that made you go. I am the one that touched you. I am the one that put it to Jimmy fucking Apple. Me and you, Wembley. I have said the word thunder bastard far too much now. Wembley, Wembley. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't wait. Yes, that's what we're going to talk about. Now. We're going to talk some progress, as we said. Amazing uh, intro there, JP. Uh, some of your finest work. Um, yeah. Better better promotion than progress have been doing themselves. Absolutely. I think. Um, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk some progress. I think we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, the... The go home chapter. Uh, we did a podcast like this last year, and we called it the go home raw. This um, violent delight show. It had one very memorable match, but yeah, it was very much the uh, the go home show. So I don't think we'll, we'll talk about that in a lot of detail, but we'll talk about uh, what it means for Wembley and what's coming up at Wembley, and uh, go through uh, some of what's happening on Sunday. But yeah, before we get into it, uh, Joe, you've been watching a little bit of uh, the stuff that's gone online from from the US tour, is it? That uh, progress have been. I've finally put up over the the last few weeks as well as all the Germany stuff. I think I've seen about three matches that I've <laughs> dipped into. Um, that's about, I think that's I, all you need, really. It's all very non-canon, is it? Well, apart from the yeah. Thunder Bastard stuff. Uh, yeah, I was not following the Free and In series. <laughs> um, I was... Uh, I watched... What did I watch? I watched the LAX against CCK match, which everyone was raving about. Yeah. Good match. Good match. Um, funny hearing Glenn Joseph on commentary and then seeing him at ringside for like, taking pictures on his phone <laughs> of the match. That was weird and kind of jarring. Who was he on commentary with? Dahlia Black. Oh, man. No. Bad. Really <laughs> just no. Just annoying. Uh, yeah. I was just finding myself getting really annoyed at hearing Glenn Joseph refer to one of the members of LAX as the funky monkey constantly just the funky monkey the funky monkey it was like ah oh, you sound like Michael Cole and the viper slivering and <laughs> all the rest of his like use of WWE like branded nicknames and all I, the rest of it I but... haven't eaten Glenn Joseph the last couple of chapters I think he's toned himself down a little bit um, mm. but then again I haven't seen these US shows Hate's a strong word. I don't hate <laughs> I don't hate it at all. I'm sure me and him would get on quite well if we ever got to hang out, I reckon. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just the the nicknames, the OG of CCK. It, it all just sounds very cringe. Mm. Like, it all just comes across as a bit, I don't know, like 40-year-old dad-like. <laughs> um, like, have you got your trendy jacket on today, son? Like, I just, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Um, I think it depends on who he's with, mm. doesn't it? 
ultimately. Yeah, Leslie's good, I think. We're starting off this preview proper, starting off with the commentary team before we <laughs> get started on it. Um, Jacksonville isn't a bad way to start. Um, I think Leslie always has a good job. He's, yeah. you know, he's a progress encyclopedia. Yeah. He tells the stories well in the matches and all the rest of it. Is it worth um, a three-person booth? Have Matt Richards as well. I don't like three-person booths. I like two. Mm. Leave it at two. What, what do you think well, of that three-person booths, Benno? They'll, they'll probably... Uh, I don't know. We're doing a three-person booth podcast right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think they'll probably switch it up, though, don't they? They'll do two. They'll probably have combos like they usually do on, on big shows. I think that's probably what you're going to get. At least you're not going to get the Dahlia Black combo, hopefully. You know? I think that's it. That feels like something that was isolated to the US tour. Thankfully, she's not been on uh, any chapters any time recently. Yeah, yeah, I can go about every year and commentate again, to be honest. No offence to her. Well, I was going to say, it was one of the points we brought up at the time we first heard her do the commentary, that actually what she needs to be doing is the smaller shows. And these are the smaller yeah, shows. Yeah, true. I know it fits within canon, mm. but if you're serious about wanting to build her up as a That's commentator, yeah. this, is, this is kind of the place you could do it. Um, it's a voiceover that you can do in the UK. Mm. It's not going to be seen by as many people. So again, I would argue that that's that's, the, that, that's it. But I, I would argue that really what she could probably benefit from is working with a few different people. And that mm. means working with different commentators. Yeah. Does, which is really a post that's kind of, there's lots of vacancies out there. She's a bit like um, Lord Alfred Hayes on the Coliseum videos, isn't she? In a, in a, in a sense, maybe progress's variation on that. You know, you didn't hear him on the big broadcasts often, but he'd always pop up on those weird, like I don't know, Whackham and Smackham '93 <laughs> videos or something, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah, um, yeah it is. But yeah, going back to the US shows, I, I tell you what, I watched a little bit of the Seattle show because I'd heard that one get some good reviews, mm. and I'd never, I'd never seen a Brody King match. And he's someone I've been meaning to check out for a while, so I watched him against Elliot Sexton. That was a good match. I was really impressed with both of the guys there, mm. and it carried on to British Strong Style against Flamita Bandido, and I'm forgetting the third person. Was it Ray Horace? I think it might have been. That was a really fun match. Um, sort of peak British Strong Style. Lots of comedy, but also lots of really good wrestling. A weird mix of styles as well, but some really innovative, fun stuff in that one. If you're going to watch any match, if you want to watch a match from that tour, I'd recommend that. Atmosphere is insane for that one as well. Do you know which card it's on? Seattle. On Seattle. The right. atmosphere of the Seattle show. Just It feels like a really hot US indie, mm. and it's rare that I'll watch US indies, and I'll think, oh, the crowd's hot. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot anymore. Um, so it was really refreshing seeing like a really live, kind of rabid crowd. And they're hot for about the, everything I watched in that show. Oh, and I watched Walter Jimmy Havoc. I forgot about that, which was fine for what it was. Okay. As a kind of semi-squash title match, I thought. Jimmy Havoc out of the free and in series after that one, I think. Mm. Uh, that was the Osprey. Oh, was uh, it? Yeah, uh, okay. talking about that. Yeah, he managed to make his way through to that. But uh, oh. yeah, it, it just that's the thing, though, isn't it? The main hook of the US shows is that they were doing the three and in series and the Thunder Bastard series, and it, by the time that these have come out on VOD, it was all settled anyway. So who could really, unless you're going to go out like you've done there, Joe, and cherry pick the matches that you're interested in? Um, it's just all too little, too late. The Germany shows took about a month to go up as well. Um, I don't know if you're interested at all, JP. Does any of that interest you? It's time constraints, and it, you know, it's it, again cherry picking the matches is going to be the way to go. I remember hearing about the um, Ray Horace Flamita Bandido British Strong Style match um, when reading through the results. That was one of the ones that was spoken about, and the, the ones that Joe's already mentioned. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it won't be necessarily stuff that you go to because it again, it's this is kind of like watching if you're on New Japan World those kind of mm. you know house show events effectively that yeah. that might have on in Kurokan and the small hot, hot crowd hot crowds, yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely because I mean the American independent scene is not in a really good state of affairs. No, not, is it's it? not not um, the healthiest it's ever been, is it? No, yeah, it's not the healthiest. There are some going on so i mean progress do feel like a breath of fresh air hey, but they're, yeah they're doing good Sorry. business as well i mean that's the yeah that's the other news that we've got on progress before we do get into the last chapter and get into hello wemby joe you were doing some digging weren't you on some of their their publicly available numbers and how well they've been doing these last couple of years well there was a couple of others doing some digging as well um <laughs> they'll, they'll remain nameless and i was alerted to said documents um <laughs> yeah made for interesting reading um they're doing all right that's yeah. what i'll say from they're doing yeah. doing good work you sent them making to, good money you sent them to me and i thought it was int- i mean again these are publicly available figures we're not giving any secrets out here but it was interesting yeah on their balance sheet that the in the year 2017 to 2018 they made a hundred almost a hundred thousand in profit um which is crazy i mean for me that's yeah. like a british wrestling yeah. company doing those kinds of numbers is nuts. I mean, I think the year prior they'd done in the range of twenty. I think it was like twenty five, twenty six thousand. So, I mean, we'll rail on them for the WWE connection, and I imagine we're going to do that a bit more <laughs> over the next hour. Yeah. But that's probably the difference, isn't it, between progress in twenty sixteen and the exposure they got going forward into this last year. Yeah, and in a sense, obviously, we've said all sorts of stuff about the WWE deal, and I'd never enjoy it, but. <laughs> They've done all right out of it, haven't they? That's what I'll say for them. And, you know, if you can afford to, I don't know, buy, you know, put a good mortgage down, maybe buy your house out or whatever, you know, yeah. it's put them in a good life position. That's what you can <laughs> say. And It's weird as well. Do you think about that underground and you think about British independent wrestling? And I reckon in 20 years of British independent wrestling, there wasn't a hundred grand profit made by every single company combined <laughs> over a twenty-year period. I, Do you know what I mean? I said only like, twenty-five grand talking the year before. I should correct myself there because twenty-five grand would be impressive to me for a, a British company. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, sort of says a lot about the scene and the explosion and the fact that it is in a healthy state. And at the same time, as much as I don't love this WWE thing, you know, I suppose putting progress over a bit here they have done good things for the british wrestling scene and have brought new fans along who have you know got on gone into other things as well invested in other areas and boosted the overall i suppose economy Mm. of the british wrestling scene in effect if anything so yeah it's really interesting reading yeah Yeah, i mean they could pay themselves 97 grand in dividends as well so the three mates are doing all right as well yeah but yeah they deserve it I mean, they, 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 the way that they have managed to run and market it, the fact we're talking about they're running a show at Wembley this weekend in and of itself kind of shows where that is. And I imagine that's something that's that's going to be, you know, there's a lot of money that's going to be expended out on that. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting the kind of crowd they get for it as well. But, I mean, it, in terms of the way that they've marketed it, and these are all things, obviously, that we've been critical about, over you know since we've started this podcast pretty much um these are things that you know we've been critical over but at the same time you you have to applaud them they're making a good living out of wrestling and that's something that's just not been capable Mm. and without a television deal and you know not having to kind of you know you would argue for a long time 
being able to kind of have the freedom of vision of what they're actually creating as well. So there's that kind of creative outlet there that they have. But obviously, as we're going to go into, there are things that kind of always threaten that and, and yeah. threaten whether or not that's going to be, they're going to be able to do that in the future. It feels like the split part priorities right now. It doesn't feel like eyes are entirely on the progress ball. I mean, we're about to talk about mm. Wembley and about the last chapter and latest numbers that have been circulating. I don't know how accurate they are. And Ben Britt Resuedes was putting on Twitter saying there was a quote from from Briley saying they're expecting for Wembley to do almost double their best number. And I think their best number is in the two to two and a half grand range, uh, to two to two and a half thousand range. So if that's true and they're doing between four thousand and five thousand people for Wembley, that kind of exceeds my expectations. Although. I don't know. I, I, I also feel that there's a contrary part of me that's like, well, you did book a 10,000-seat place. Maybe if Buzz was a little hotter for progress right now, tickets were maybe a little bit cheaper. They could have even done better than that. Yeah, and you think about it from this perspective. At the moment, the three of us, we don't know if we're going to go, okay? Mm. Yeah. We went to every ballroom show for, what, 18 months to almost two years, I would say. Mm. And we're not considering not going to the biggest show in English wrestling history in, mm. you know, how, however many years since the big daddy giant A-Stacks days, I suppose. And to me, that kind of speaks volumes about how they've managed to kind of kill interest in, say, us as like a uh, kind of base group, but also a lot of our mates as well, like people that we've gone to progress shows with mm. um, or like, you know, met up with at progress shows aren't going <laughs> like i don't know anyone who i would say is one of the people i go to shows with who was actually going to this mm. and that's quite staggering in a way um it really is considering a year ago at ali pally you know i wasn't massively into the product then if i'm honest with you and had real issues with the booking and all the rest of it um and i thought to myself yeah obviously i'll go to wembley it's wembley you kind of got to go and yeah we're not going it's it's odd isn't it it is but i mean i suppose i'd say if they are gonna i mean there's four thousand people going uh we might not know them but they exist (laughs) and it's more than i get what you mean but i'm saying from our circle there's Mm. not any buzz on this show yeah, it does feel like I think the I don't know if we started it last year with a with our podcast last year that there does seem to be a, just a rumbling negativity towards progress. The kind of the promotion that it's okay to pick on. It's probably that WWE promotion um, connection, um, and a lot of it is warranted. And we're probably the the archetypes of a lot of that stuff as well. Um, Head of the curve, mate. Yeah, that's it. That was us. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, my excitement level isn't what it was for the show. I look up and down the card and I see matches that I reckon I'm going to go and I, I think if I'm sorry if I go I'm going to be there and they'll probably be great you know in the building being there I think these they're all matches that will deliver it's just <clears throat> maybe it's the fact that progress are the one promotion that try to go very very heavy with stories um and they just almost shoot themselves in the foot sometimes. Some of the stuff on this last chapter was a bit mind-numbing for me if it was supposed to be a big go-home show. I think. Do you think it's that we got we got higher expectations for progress? Because part of me looks at this big Wembley show and goes, you know what, if Fight Club Pro were putting this on, I know Rev Pro wouldn't, but, you know, if an equivalent, if it, if it was... If it didn't have the attempt at progress storylines behind it, I wonder if I'd just look at this card and go, oh, that's an awesome card. I'm going to go and watch this. Um, I think 
Ah, it's a tough one. At Wembley with the price, I wouldn't pay forty quid. That's let's say for yeah. this. Um, this was twenty quid at the ballroom. I'd be there in a flash. Hmm. Um, there's a difference in sort of venue expectation or the rest of it. The venue puts something else on it, and for me, a big show like this is somewhere that you should be peaking um, kind of epic, really well-built, really well-told stories. Mm. And you look up and down the card, and I don't think that's happening. I think there's an issue with every single story being told going into it mm. that has put me off or I just feel unconvinced by the story and haven't connected with it, let's say. And I think when you're promoting a show of this size – you need to be firing all cylinders and people need to be connecting with those stories going in. And I don't feel a lot of that. And I felt at the last ballroom show, the crowd noise and the crowd heat was actually down mm, yeah. considerably and was quite inconsistent throughout the show. And I thought people were reacting to moments almost because they felt they had to. Mm. And there's a bit of goodwill that they've got on their side where the people are reacting, people are making noise so they feel they have to. Nothing felt natural or organic mm. on that show in terms of fan reaction, I found, which was really interesting considering the raw emotion that we used to experience and kind of be part of, mm. what, a year and a half ago at the ballroom? It's really strange. Mm. I think that's... Uh... I mean, on that note, I think that Osprey Havoc match is kind of the just the just the, explains exactly that point. I mean, that was a match on on this last chapter. It's kind of it, it was announced a week out, which I think hurt it because you'd said yourself, hadn't you, Joey? If that match comes up, you were thinking about getting tickets to go back to the ballroom to watch it. And then yeah, chapter yeah. seventy four comes along, and it was looking like a relatively weak card. And then yeah, six days out, a week out, they announced this. I understand that the hands are tired because that's another thing, isn't it, with this Wembley card that a lot of it is, it's not all their fault. You know, Will Ospreay's off, as we mentioned earlier in the show, doing his, his New Japan business. Um, so, in a way, they kind of had to do Ospreay and Havoc on this go-home show. I might have saved it. Um, I don't know how you feel about that as far as the story progression goes of leading to a Robinson-Havoc match, starting an Os- Ospreay-Havoc match. I just don't know about that. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, isn't it? It's the it's the it's the problem with uh, them being forced into into doing something that they didn't want to do. If Osprey Havoc was peaking at Wembley, and if as we keep calling it a go home show, if on Chapter Seventy Four they'd been able to do one last big angle for Osprey Havoc, and we were getting Osprey Havoc at Wembley, I'd be bang into it. Whereas watching it on this chapter, I liked it, but like you were saying there, Joe, there were a lot of moments of just almost silence between the big spots in the match and it didn't feel as big as it could have i know there's a lot to unpack there but yeah it does that kind of sum up how you're feeling yeah i'd say for me yeah like you've both really encapsulated part part of the issue where they're, they're about things culminating at its peak there isn't a lot of that going on i mean in terms of things with a real bubbling heat i even think Eddie Dennis, Mark Andrews has lost a lost a little bit of steam. But linking it back to in terms of the Osprey Havoc stuff, I think in some ways, I'm going to play slight devil's advocate here. Mm. I think they made the best of a bad situation yeah, in terms of not having Osprey for the booking. Mm. That they managed to culminate something that still that still play. It still is kind of true to the story because yeah. of Robinson, Robinson's involvement and the fact that I've I, I, I say I have a soft spot for him. 
Robinson as a heel is like one of those people you see, and we've spoke about this before, genuinely frightening. Yeah. Like he can give off that kind of real terror. If he got in your face at a, a small indie show, he'd be you'd be scared. Mm. Like the initial reaction would be to kind of move back from him because he just looks like, you know. But anyway, um, the, so I think you know they kind of made the best of a bad situation with this. But like you say, another angle of that, and you have have a cosplay, and it would feel like that kind of really big card. And we have a dream match on here, but I don't know. I didn't like the fact that they physically interacted at the last show. I kind of wanted that to stay kind of pure to the point of when they got in the ring. I don't like that kind of stuff. I like it when it's kind of, no, you're going to see, when you see us fighting, then we're fighting. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of kind of contradictory emotions. Yeah. There's a bit of bad luck in there, isn't there? And there I think is. like you said, they have made the best of a bad situation by having Robinson there to draft in. It almost was like booking in reverse. Yes. I still, I felt like maybe at this show we would have got like, a an Osprey Robinson swords of Essex reunion against havoc. And I don't know, Haskins or whoever was available, yeah. um, to team with Jimmy Havoc, someone who fits the story somewhat. Um, Probably. <laughs> uh, no, nah, you're all right. Uh, yeah, I suppose he would. <laughs> Good old Val tested or Valhalla, whatever he is this week. Oh, oh, I think he's injured now, isn't he? Fractured elbow, yeah. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> um, so, um, where was I? Yeah, so uh, that's all right. Booking in reverse, it felt like. But yeah. I will say, I am made up for Paul Robinson getting to do a match of this stature in front of, say, 4,000, 5,000 possibly people because mm. I think. As a wrestler, he's one of the most underrated guys we've produced during this boom period, really. Um, he's one of the guys who really made me invest in progress storylines. I think in terms of the way he portrays that character, he is he knows how to just switch his real self off and become and encapsulate that character completely. It feels like someone out of, like This Is England or something. There's like a... <laughs> a national front gimmick without ever referring to the fact that i don't know the gimmick is you know borderline sort of um in politically cor- unpolitically correct let's I say mean, that's it's... kind of him on twitter as well but there is that oh is it <laughs> oh glad not being on twitter mate but it's a it's a great gimmick and i think he's a great wrestler and i'm sure he knows what sort of the, what this opportunity is for him mm. um i'm a big fan of their last match as well they had a few years ago 2015 so there is a story there mm. um and it is good to see jimmy havoc at a story based match on a big show mm. because this is where jimmy havoc absolutely thrives and usually get the best of jimmy havoc so i think it's a big test for him as well to see if he still can live up to that stature um that he set for himself a few years ago in progress because really let's be honest we've not seen it since he's been back it kind of thing is though there i mean did we see it in the osprey havoc match because i would have gone into this i think one of my talking points would have been and the reason i don't like them doing it this way around as well paul robinson and jimmy havoc can't really follow osprey and havoc but you know what they might be able to because i didn't love osprey and havoc like i thought i'd love it it's a bit soon to do another big plunder match but it could be better yeah, I don't disagree with you. I wasn't invested in this match in the way that I thought I was going to be. Mm. Um, I thought the last fall was very good. I thought they really stepped it up in that last fall. But it felt like a, I don't know, it was plodding along mm. quite a lot. Um, and there was this feeling and this, I don't know, how can I put this? There was a feeling of 
for me of Will Ospreay's above this now. He shouldn't be doing this. Go back to Japan and ready yourself for Ibushi. Like, you don't need to do this anymore, mate. Mm-hmm. And I know that's almost a bit of snobbery to an extent, but I was watching it thinking, I love this feud, mm. and I thought I wanted to see this match, but now I'm seeing it. I feel like he's moved on from this, mm. and this is him going backwards. Mm. Does that make any sense? No, no I get it. I mean, cause yeah, you're watching him take superplexes onto chairs and burning hammers onto chairs and stuff, and I was watching it thinking, I just... It's almost like they're trying to force it to be the yeah, big match yeah. it was supposed Maybe at Wembley it would have all worked. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying. Because, yeah, I mean, that could have played into the story, couldn't it? That Osprey is above it and this was one last hurrah in this kind of match. But, yeah, maybe something about the setting uh, just made that not clear. Yeah, and it, for me, it was just too long mm. as well. Yeah. It, it, it just too long. I mean, you guys have summed up sort of the thoughts about the match in general mm. um and for me it felt like a bit of a letdown mm. and i remember hearing at the time um following the indie corner twitter feed at the time and, and sort of thing this might this match might not be for everyone and i thought well hang on a minute even though i don't like death matches in general this would normally be something i'd be invested in because of the storyline mm. and yeah it just wasn't there mm. um and it's you know mm. and in the end you're not getting will osprey mm. and that's a massive yeah, you know, it's what it's you're taking out one of the top, certainly one of the top five wrestlers in the world. Yeah, you go yeah. higher, you go as top three if you wanted to. Ah, oh, that Ibushi, Omega, Osprey, Ishi match. I was thinking to myself, this is four of the top five wrestlers in the world. Mm. Throw Tanahashi in there, and you've probably got the five best of the mm. best wrestlers in the world at the moment. And then there's one of them doing this, and obviously, you know, I like the fact that Osprey is loyal to kind of his roots and all the rest of it, and he still wants to come back and do this sort of stuff. But I think one last hurrah at Wembley, it would have worked. Obviously, the hands were tied. You can't blame him for it. It didn't feel quite right in this setting after the promise of Wembley previously. be like playing a cup final at, I don't know... um, Trying to think of a crap stadium, at Loftus Road <laughs> or at Craven Cottage, <laughs> rather than like, you know they're down the road from Wembley. I like Craven Cottage. Yeah, so do I. But it's not Wembley, is no, it? Yeah. You know what I mean. It's, <laughs> it's West London still, um, but it's just down the road. Yeah, and it's not the right setting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah, and I think that you know you touched on there the the issues that are there. You know. I, it's understandable that they've had to do this because of the Osprey thing, and it, it ties into the the Zack Saber thing as well. I mean, I've seen people complain, and again, you will have missed this, Joe. Uh, luckily, not being on Twitter, but people not being—I don't think people have any. Everyone's directly said it, but it is quite humorous that Zack Saber Junior. got pulled from the main event here at Wembley to be in a meaningless Suzuki Goon tag, but he's a New Japan wrestler with a New Japan contract, so that's going to happen. But it's not great for progress because yeah, he's been taken out. Tyler Bates been put in. I mean, that's the believe believe it's the main event. Tyler Bates and Walter for this show. They yeah. on the last chapter, another match I just really couldn't get into. Tyler Bates and Mark Haskins was yeah, for that. Yeah. That was the the winner was going to be going to Wembley, and it just didn't feel like a big match. To me, it felt like a match. It felt very quiet. It felt like a foregone conclusion because I think we all yeah. knew the rumors. That's not always the worst thing. Predictable is not always bad, but. 
yeah, Tyler Bate and Walter, it doesn't feel big for me. It just doesn't... Tyler Bate doesn't feel like a main eventer to me. Um, I mean, you touched on the, the video packages before, Joe, and I, I, on your recommendations slash... I don't know what the opposite of a recommendation is, but you telling me to watch it. Watch this because we're doing a show on this. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, watch this because it's terrible. Tyler Bate just... He can't... He's, just, he's not a big talker anyway. And in all these sitting-down promo packages where he's calling himself the big strong boy and all that stuff that i know that's over to a segment of the audience but he just the meme crowd yeah 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 and he, he showed it in nxt as well he's not a talker um and he worked as nxt uk champion but i just don't see him on that top level for progress it just feels like a bit of it he'll be again a great match in the building i'm sure these are two great wrestlers but it doesn't feel like a big match no, not at all. I think one of the major issues with this is he's always been really part of a tag team, mm. hasn't he, in in progress. He's never really been pushed as a singles wrestler. Yeah. He's had singles matches. They've been very good matches. I think he's great in the ring. He's one of the guys I love watching more than anyone in the world in the ring. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there's never been a big win from him in progress. There's never been a big singles moment from him in progress. Mm-hmm. The Mark Haskins match should have felt like the Tanahashi Ibushi G1 final qualifier for Wembley. And to me, it summed up how Wembley is very much, we need to keep momentum going. We should cheer and we should be into this because we need to be for the big show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a natural, organic emotion. The match wasn't like bad, technically, or anything, but I just wasn't invested and I felt like the crowd wasn't. It just felt like a bunch of a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. It was a moves-based match. There wasn't a story. They didn't feel like there was a story. They didn't feel like there were stakes going into it. It felt like a random ballroom match. Do you, do you not think that the issue, though, with Tyler Bate is really he it's often said that he was supposed to win super strong style and that to be the big singles moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, true. Then, and then as soon as that didn't happen, mm. it was like, they're going to get to this place uh, and try and get there a different way. Yeah. But the way it's got there is not by, it's not winning super strong style. Mm. It doesn't kind of, mm. you know, it doesn't have that. You haven't had that, that summer have you, of, of Tyler positioned in that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where there would have been time to kind of groom into it. And I think that was kind of combined with that and him doing a kind of, Conor McGregor gimmick like of just being kind of really flashing the big strong boy stuff and it's like well that's all very entertaining at the time for a you know, crowd you know if that's not booking your good main in, event good in though. the moment you, yeah. you know if you're doing a Conor McGregor, McGregor gimmick you probably shouldn't mention that it's a Conor McGregor gimmick 27 <laughs> times in all your promo videos you know just let that sit do we have to have that beaten over our heads um, it's a fun yeah, gimmick got- but fuck the other thing you've got to think of here as well is let's think about Tyler Bate great wrestler right he's 21 mm. look at him he looks amazing he looks incredible he's been out with Tony Storm he's going out with Liv Morgan you know he's got an incredible body he looks great he's been the WWE UK champion he got crowned at 19 in front of a rapturous crowd he gets to go over to Orlando uh, a good few times a year have a good old time over there he gets to hang out with Trent Seven all, all year which I would love to do he looks like a right laugh um, <laughs> you know he's living life mm. he's got a great life what's the story here <laughs> what's his story yeah. like there's no narrative here it's a match it's a and it's strong a, boy it, yeah what is that as a narrative and they were trying to get this from this glenn joseph sit down interview and i gotta say like they were trying but this package was diabolical like it was so, i don't know if you guys have seen it i watched but, it yeah 
man like the hard right. cuts of the guy from the gym oh number one setting right <laughs> i'm a media teacher right if my students set something where they're trying to get someone over for people to support in someone's garden looking like i don't know it looks like they're about to have a barbecue like <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you i'm sure you, you know there should be like 4d and burger smell coming through the screen or something or some smoke coming out from the barbecue or his dad coming out to put some fire lighters on because they're in this lovely garden and you can see into the house you can see his mum in the background it looks like a lovely kitchen big size kitchen my kitchen's yeah. tiny i hate cooking in there causes a right mess this looks like a lovely kitchen i'd love to have that kitchen then towards the end of it we get this awful music that kicks in and he cuts this promo. It's like, right, this is where you take this seriously. This is where you take this seriously. It feels like one of those really bad 80s American films, like The Untouchables, where you've got Kevin Costner, Rogue Cop, and then it goes, all right, you should start sympathising with him now because he's with his family and here's the really sad music. I watched Malcolm X last week for the first time. Don't bother. But at the same time, he's the same fucking technique where Malcolm X is with his family, showing what a family man he is. Sad music, emotional music. It's like, this is so cliched. It doesn't work. But you look at him when this music comes on and he's looking at the camera, trying his hardest, yeah. and in the background, he's on a deck chair, you can see into his kitchen, and there's like some potpourri fake flower shit in the background in his conservatory oh, kitchen, right? Like, come on, like... The setting, the mise en scene here is the choices made are so bad. Like these little things do matter yeah. in trying to build something. There are earlier scenes of him in a gym, yeah. right? With that Film random this dude. The gym. Yeah. Film this. Have the voice, have what he is saying to Glenn Joseph over a montage of him lifting weights and doing these heavy barbells. Divide it up. Use that montage sequence and build him via that montage where you're not having him exposed on camera like this. And we're watching him ready himself, getting in fighting shape, getting ready to lift the big, strong Walter. Would be so much more effective. Instead, we get this cringy interview where there's no chemistry between him and Glenn Joseph. And the choice of setting was just shocking, just absolutely shocking. You could have done it if they'd have done it at any other point in the year where it wasn't that serious. It wasn't building their biggest main event ever. I might <sighs> have cut them some leeway. It was still would have been bad. And like you said, the gym stuff still would have been bad. And the random guy from the gym talking about how much Tyler can lift still would have been really bad. Um, but I might have forgiven them. But yeah. Uh, you... Can I make one more point about this? Go on. About the home setting. Right. Home setting. Let's think about how you would hi- hype using someone's home. This looks like a lovely home, right? You would hype this when you've got family man, right, yeah. who's settled with his family, but he might have been tempted out of retirement, okay? Maybe he's going to come back for one last fight. Maybe he wants to slay this beast one last time. Mm. Maybe they could do this for Shawn Michaels and his comeback, possibly, where he's this lovely, settled family man. He's found God, all the rest of it. No, this is a 21-year-old boy, okay, who lifts weights and goes down the gym all the time, and he's in this lovely family setting. They got this so fucking wrong. Mm. Can't argue. Like, can't argue with that at all. I mean, actually, I think this is kind of an indictment of a, of, of a, of a few things. In, in You asked about the show um, uh, earlier on mm. in, in terms of do we have higher expectations of progress? And we do. 
Mm. We do have higher expectations uh, for reasons that it is, as we've spoken about, from a financial perspective, from a kind of the idea that they, you know, they're booking Wembley, um, Wembley Arena, mm. and they've got access to the largest promotion in the world and the possibility of of using talent. I'm not saying at any given moment, mm. but I'm sure if they asked, that would be that would be possible. So they've kind of got as co- much of a core of wrestlers they've got access to that very few other places do, in general, and producing stuff like that in the build-up to this, especially when we've seen Crooked Gentleman and WXW, it's like, it's not on. Mm. It really isn't on. And yeah, I know this is a video package, but I think you, if you look through it, and, and in terms of making the, the video, I, I used a lot of the, the footage that they have, had up on the YouTube channel. And some of it, like, like the Paul Robinson stuff, I think it's his interview rather than any of the production necessarily. But that's going to have to be stepped up to a whole new level yeah, with this. Yeah, yeah. And that's part of the intrigue because I can't go because I'm, I'm with my kids that day and one of them mm. isn't old enough to go. But I'm really intrigued seeing how this looks on the way back because what is the aesthetic going to be for this? How are they going to present them? What is the kind of screen going to be like? Because you, they could present Tyler Bate in this tremendous way mm. with a great entrance as he comes out and do something what they did with Walter. There's still a possibility that in the venue they can create this enormous type of event that goes around. For an orchestra for Walter, I believe. I think they're Glenn Joseph without oh, asking on Well, do you know, that's a hell of a start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Yeah, that and, sounds very cool. And maybe a lot of people with long moustaches for Tyler Bay all doing all fake moustaches to the side, twinking as he comes out. You know, there's a lot of really cool stuff they can do for that. Mm. And I think that'll be good, but... At the same time, this like they need to step this stuff up. The production values, considering they made underground profit this year, yeah. guys, come on! Like this is cheap. This is like pound shop style product. Uh, it's not pound shop. That's unfair. It's a step above bum fuck indie. Let's be honest. <laughs> but yes. at the same time, it's not what it should be. A few years ago, when they were doing those Jimmy Havoc promos, I think Sebastian might have edited those and helped film them, if I'm rightly. They were amazing. They really got me into the company. They really got me invested because it was so original and it was so edgy and so innovative at the time. I've never seen anything like that in wrestling before. Whereas I feel like they've fallen so behind on their video on their video packages and their promos. It feels like they became lazy, and as they became lazy, they became less creative with them. It depicts the spots though, because they're not all bad. I think the the Osprey yeah. Havoc video, wrong place for uh, going to this show. I really enjoyed that. You know what I found. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I want. I thought it could have been better. I thought it could have been better. High expectations again. I think this is the problem now. We've had, I, I've, I've had my tastes wetted by Devlin promotion Walter. with Devlin Walter. We can't compare everything to that though, can we? That's like, that that, is, we, we talked about that as the best video we'd all ever seen. I mean, absolutely. that's, you know, that's, is that really the, the benchmark? Well, I would say WXW should be the benchmark. And I think that's something that is achievable. Mm. I would say that that is yeah, pretty fair. much the solid. Like, I mean, Crooked Gentleman appears to be sort of like, okay, we've talked a lot about Crooked Gentleman today, but it's kind of, it's very different from everything else. There's like a real cinematic vision to that, whereas WXW is more functional in the way that they kind of do their promos and their entrances. Oh, and yeah, they're awesome. And, 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 and whatnot. And I think that's the kind of route they want to go down. I, I mean, one thing I've been thinking is about where progress goes from beyond this show. It's probably a question for the end of it. Mm. But I would argue that one of the things that they would need to do is change the aesthetic 
move away from the punk rock stuff because really that's kind of feels old hat and i'd look at the kind of the way that it's filmed and the way that it's 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 constructed and the visual look needs to change as well needs to be updated because otherwise it becomes old hat very quickly fads are kind of only a, you know let's say you can get three years five years maximum out of it and then you've really got to start changing and updating and that's one of the things they're going to do definitely yeah i think we'd all agree with that um I suppose, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of, that's the main event. I mean, we should talk about the other stuff on the car. I mean, the other thing that this Haskins-Tyler Bate match kind of made clear is obviously this weird babyface, Mark Haskins, with his heel manager. I mean, I love Vicky Haskins. I won't hear a bad word said about her, but that's... What a, she added? She's just very good at everything she does, Joe. Yeah, she's really hot. <laughs> yeah, pretty that's much. what that's what we're trying to not to say. <laughs> if it was but... a heel act, if they'd stayed in the heel act, I think she kind of she worked as kind of like this. I don't know this the the per, the person pulling the strings and and making the wrestlers you know act on her behalf and being basically just standing there looking evil with a barbed wire bat. That was enough for me. But the problem is, she's a heel manager and she's with. I assume babyface Mark Haskins now. He's going to get cheered at Wembley. He got cheered against Tyler Bates. I don't know what Flash Morgan Webster is anymore. Jimmy Havoc, face heel, who knows? Um, for me, that 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 group kind of sums up the progress booking over the last few. And yeah. Haskins is in this big match with Matt Riddle. Uh, I say big match. It's Matt Riddle's alleged last indie, indie performance, even though he's already debuted for NXT now. So we know what it is. It's a favour. Um but yeah, it just—it's an odd one. I—I'm I, just not excited for it. I, I don't. Mark Haskins doesn't interest me anymore. Uh, Matt Riddle does. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just not. I'm not into this match. I'm not feeling it. And part of it's Riddle's placements and progress, and part of, sorry Haskins' placements and progress. And yeah, half it's just the yeah the fact that they chose him. And I suppose they're a bit of a closed shop these days. Maybe the the weren't any other options. I don't know. Yeah. I'd I'd agree with you on that. Um, this is Matt Riddle's biggest fan speaking. It is, yeah. Gonna, this is the JP Invitational. Yeah. This match. This is, you know, it's JP's really lads. Well, they're they're good. They are. I mean, I think that's one of the appeals of it is they're good mates. Mm. So I think there's there's the element that that Riddle would like to have a have a match with Haskins and maybe it was a choice. You'd hope, you'd hope for that sake that that they could just deliver just a really good match. Mm. I think that, that's as much as I would have any expectations. I think there's a way of booking Mark Haskins where it could be appealing if it was kind of, I know it's going to sound ridiculous, and I think the Progress documentary caught, it was the, the thing he was most successful in doing, was capturing that kind of family man and doing anything for his family. Mm. And I think at times you could have Vicky Haskins, I know it would mean transitioning her from a heel manager to being a face manager. You could put her in that in that role as well. And it would feel more natural and organic, and maybe it's something you could—you'd have to build for a long time to kind of rehab his character and the way he's been booked over the last year. There is that possibility with it. Yeah. It's not going to happen necessarily this match. I think it'll be—I think it'll be good. But it's—if you've got Matt Riddle, you kind of think of all the other things that you could do with him. I've got a couple of takes on and that, and that's the thing that takes me down. Talking to Vicky Haskins, I think she's had nothing the last year. Oh, Absolutely man. nothing. Can't, can't, like, she hasn't. What she added, like what has she done <laughs> that's advanced Mark Haskins? I think he's had the most boring, stale year of his career since I've been watching British wrestling, really, so about five, six years. He was stale last Probably. year as well, though, wasn't he? I mean, since he came back from injury, yeah. I've not been interested it, in him. 
it's just not been good. And at this point, like really, they should have been Edge and Lita together, and they've not been Edge and Lita because Edge and Lita was an illicit affair, and this is a lovely couple of a lovely marriage with <laughs> yeah, two lovely look, kids. We all know from the documentaries and stuff, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lita carried Edge's uh, Money in the Bank briefcase. She carried a barbed wire baseball bat. She looked great. He did some wrestling, but it's not been very good. It's been fine. Mm. It's been functional. I think he is so stale at this point in time that he really needs a change. And to me, Haskin, Haskins Havoc, um, the Vicky Haskins stuff, the one, uh, not the 198, whatever, Team Unexplained, whoever it is, sums up progress. They, yeah, they book Haskins and Havoc because they're two legends in the promotion. They feel like they can't let go of them. They feel like people want to see them, but they're really not giving the product that much on a long-term basis at the moment, and they just feel very stale. Um, regarding the Haskins-Riddle match, I had a take on this. You look at that tag match. You've got Chris Brooks and Timothy Thatcher, CCK version 55 or whatever, <laughs> right? Right. CCK. Here's, here's what you could have done, right? Let's ignore CCK for a moment, right? Let's pretend you never do the 198. Haskins and Flash Morgan Webster go in this match. Chris Brooks is free. Chris Brooks is a kind of free agent in the grand scheme of things at the moment, okay? You give Matt Riddle, or sorry, you give Chris Brooks Matt Riddle's last indie match, and you tell Chris Brooks to go out there and have his breakout match with Matt Riddle, because Matt Riddle could probably get that out of him at this point in time, and Chris Brooks desperately needs a match like that. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't love the match because I'm not massively into Chris Brooks as a single. But I think you'd get Chris Brooks over more as a result of it. You can make him look more legit as a result of it. Whereas in the end, it's just a progress guy who's just going to be around and be the same old guy because there doesn't seem to be much, you know, improvement there or much change. Just getting a match against Matt Riddle and it just feels a bit disposable, really. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think yeah, that would be better use of him. You could, like you say, you could get a, a guy over that you want to get over. Um, yeah, I do wonder, like, as JP said, maybe it's a, a mate traits thing and Riddle gets to pick his poison and he's gone with Haskins. But yeah, I think that would be a far more interesting proposition. It's just, again, they've hamstrung themselves by having Brooks in this stupid Thunderbass series. That's kind of the issue, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on, I suppose, the, the other big match that we've not really, JP touched on it, but we haven't talked uh, in a lot of detail about uh, there was a big Ilya and Pete Dunne angle on the on the last Progress chapter. Um, I think they've done a decent job of building this, not the best job in the world. I think CMJ, uh, Christian Michael Jehobi, has been really good on the mic. Um, it's a little awkward that the... I think I would rather have seen Ilya have a couple of matches in Progress rather than coming in debuting. I know they're trying... They're going for the biggest match in Europe tag. I don't really know what that means because Pete Dunne isn't the Progress champion. And Ilya's not the WXW champion anymore, so yeah, it's all a bit awkward. And it's all a bit weird, Ilya being the heel as well, as much as I do like CMJ in that role. Um, yeah, I don't know, does your mileage vary on that? This is a match I know a lot of people are looking forward to, just as a, a pure match on paper, Pete Dunne versus Ilya should be great. Uh, but yeah, w- what have you made of the build so far, and what did you make of the angle on the last chapter? I didn't like I didn't like the angle. No, nor did I. I, I. I hate the idea of them actually touching. I didn't like the idea of it. In some ways, I think the way that this could have been promoted was just simply as um, you've just got Ilya comes out, challenges him, and we just we build to it, and we see packages. And like you say, have Ilya have a couple of matches. Don't the idea of doing the kind of heel side of it has been very weird for me. It doesn't work. That's so a bad role for him, isn't it? 
it is an odd role. Jacoby's good at it. Don't oh, get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, but but like it's not something that that would feel it would work for it. I think the other thing that doesn't help with this match as well is the fact that he's not WXW champion. Mm. And for me, that is something where I think, okay, am I thinking that the result is, seems somewhat inevitable as well? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's hard to think, you know, the way that Pete Dunne has been, gets booked a lot of the time, it's just like, oh, you know, you you think, oh, okay, well, I know this. How are we going to get to that point? It's just like, mm. and that's always been my fear with, like, some Pete Dunne match I've seen. I say some, because, I mean, he's brilliant. I, as a match, I think it'll be really good. It kind of, Ilya should work there and be able to with his with his natural charisma. And if it's, great entrance in there as well it could be a really great moment yeah i think the angle was an odd one it was met with silence i thought the crowd was dead during the angle which i was amazed at and to me that speaks further about kind of a bit of disillusionment with say the overall product at the moment um that people weren't that invested in it um as a match i think i think they'll pull it off because i think pete dunn's an amazing year um nailed on good match this isn't it uh, yeah, and I think in terms of two guys who seem like a natural matchup in a big arena, Pete Dunne's got lots of experience now working in arenas of this size. I think Ilya's charisma will get the room and will be infectious on the day as well. There's just something about the guy, and I think it will work on the day as a match. But yeah, it's been a been a strange one. I feel almost like less is more with this one, mm. and they maybe have done they try to do too much mm. and people were quite vocal with criticizing progress, not doing enough to, to promote it. Mm. But I don't think they needed to actually do that much. I think this maybe one more little tease would have worked for this. And yeah, um, I think this match on paper probably be the best match on the night, but we'll see. Fair enough. Uh, I suppose the other big angle that was uh, on the show, Mark Andrews and Eddie Dennis, uh, they're mm. kind of, it's a year in the making. I, I'd actually, it kind of, this, go home drummed it into my head that it is literally been a year of this eddie dennis as a heel build this mark andrews match i don't think it's i don't think it's ideal that they've waited this long i think the trigger point was earlier but with the injury issues with the fact that they lost big matches from this show i i, I agree I, I would definitely say it's lost heat but it hasn't lost heat to the point that i'm not interested in it i'm still very interested in Eddie Dennis. I thought he was fantastic on Chapter Seventy Four and in the in the promo battle. I thought Andrews held his own well too. Again, it's lost a little bit of luster just because of the amount of time, but I'm still interested. I'm not as interested in a TLC match as we kind of alluded to on our last show, but I'm still <clears> interested. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm interested um, in, for the most part, any of the kind of any of the small failings that they've had with the booking of Eddie Dennis, which I kind of think the part of the problem was when he started being put in the title situation very yeah, briefly. I think yeah, that's and, I, and I think that took it away from it. That didn't need to be, uh, I would have preferred it if he'd gone, actually, do you know what? I'm just getting ready for Mark Andrews. I'm going to destroy Mark Andrews when I do that. And then have him just kind of there simmering. And I know that they had a thing where they, they couldn't actually make contact with each other. And then if you'd built to it with this kind of, with Mark Andrews snapping as he does in um, there, then I think that would have really worked. Mm. Um, I expect it to be spectacular. I never trust British tables, ladders. <laughs> or chairs. Um, <laughs> we saw um, the really bad ones, didn't we? Was it the live in the ballroom? Um, 
that tag team that remained nameless. Oh yeah. Um, what was the match with him? Are you it. talking to Tommy End about how it wasn't his fault and it was bad tools after the match? <laughs> I was right. And I in, had a drink, but I was And him basically telling you to fuck off was 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 hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Let's reminisce on that. Let's yeah. hope they spent a bit more money. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they could have spent some of that hundred grand on yeah, yes. uh, bringing in oh. some good tables, some good ladders, and some good chairs, mate. They got their mates in WWE who could supply that potentially. So let's hope. Now, I'll be honest. You guys um, feel completely different about this match to me. Mm. My interest is dead, Mm. completely dead. As soon as I saw Eddie Dennis back wrestling title matches in three and in. And then when they announced it as a TLC, like, man, this is meant to be about hatred. So the title is worth more than his hatred for Mark Andrews when we've heard so much about it all along. Okay, to me, that's mm, okay. Not good, all right? Then him coming back and wrestling for that title, not good. Also, I hate you, let me climb this ladder. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> I hate like, you, let's sell, let's sell T-shirts with both of our names on. That's another yeah. problem. He may as well turn up at Tyler Bates' house and clean the smears I saw on those windows <laughs> and climb that ladder there, honestly, because... It's a ladder match. A ladder match isn't necessarily a hate-filled match. The only time I remember a ladder match working in a hate situation was Michael's Jericho in 2008. It was my favourite feud of all time. And that occurred after the Great American Bash match where we got blood in the feud for the first time and then that absolute brawl Unforgiven where they beat the shit out of each other. Jeans the old deal for a street fight. This should be two blokes wearing jeans getting a pair of railroad spikes out and lamping each other. Absolutely fucking lamping each other. This should be Pentagon Sammy Callahan from that last Impact pay-per-view because that was a proper hate-filled brawl. Mm. This is not hatred. This is cool spots off tables cool spots off ladders i get it mark andrews is that sort of wrestler i think they're both very good wrestlers and i think they'll pull the match off I do but i don't think the match will be what it should be because of the stipulation and also number one contendership this shouldn't be about getting a number one contendership this should be about two blokes settling a score and having it out yeah i'd agree with that i think that's it yeah it should have should have stayed confined to the feud itself to the anger to the to the Eddie, to the Eddie Dennis hating Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews fine because that's the thing, isn't it? Mark Andrews on this last chapter finally, you know, started to get violent with Eddie Dennis. That should feel, that should feel what it's about. I do think the other stuff's a distraction. I'm higher on it than you. I mean, I mean, I, I always say, you know, Steen Generico is one of my favourite matches of all time. They're the ladder match that got very violent. I think Eddie Dennis did his best to sell it. I was kind of watching the promo with interest, seeing how is he going to be in this angry promo and it's going to go, and therefore I'm going to meet you in a ladder match. But the way he sold <laughs> TLC kind yeah. of worked, but yeah, it's not ideal. It's not the stipulation that I think was right for this match. Um, but I, I think I'm willing to give them more credit than I think they'll... I think Eddie Dennis especially will want it to still be a hate-filled brawl, and I think we'll still get that. Even if you know there's a a minor dent in it to me, the fact that it is a a TLC match rather than than something else, just a straight up no DQ brawl. I will say, I mean, they've got the good dynamic between them, mm. and the fact that Eddie's been a real killer heel mm. over 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 2018. He's he's certainly been um, from that in terms of the best promos in British wrestling. He's kind of really jumped up the ladder on that. One fear I do have with this match is the placement. Mm. 
because you could see it opening. I, and we were talking mm, about this earlier on. It's, yeah. Well, do you know what? I think something like this kind of needs that big promo package almost to kind of lead into it as being this blow off for one year. Mm. But like you guys, I think it probably will end up opening. And is it going to be there? Is it going to be enough distance between that and the Paul Robinson, Jimmy Havoc match? Mm. Is it going to be too situated to kind of other big matches as well? It's like where you put this is going to be really tricky. I suppose it's only the opening, which for me doesn't make it feel like the kind of big blow off to this very big feud yeah. at stake if yeah. they're going into it. And I felt that way at Ali Pally when they opened with British Strong Style versus CCK. And they had a ladders match. And I was a bit like... Very uh, WWE booking yeah, over the big show of a ladder match. Like, you know, it gets the crowd hot and you get the dives and you're like, You've okay. convinced me now that's happening, isn't it? That's nailed on. It's going on first. Yeah. I think so. Well, I'll tell you what is nailed on. The women's match to go second. That, that, that's normally... <laughs> oh, that thing. My God. that was. Should, we, of... not even, should we not even speak about that? Well, What's no, it? There's nothing want, interesting about that. I want to that. mention something from the commentary, though, about it. <laughs> the worst um, scramble I've ever seen. I didn't watch it. Oh. At, the, at, the end, at the end of the match, I mean, it was something I used in that, that music um, package from earlier on, um, is it was a, that match was originally at Chapter 75 meant to be a four versus four, then it became a three versus three, <laughs> then it became a six-way, and even though she'd lost her last title shot, she's now in the Wembley pitch. And I just thought that kind of encapsulated the entire problems with with all of this, mm. as well as the fact that Laura Dimitea nearly died on the Tower of Doom spot. She's um, shit. She's never been good, and I just don't see it with her. It, it takes time. I just think they're, they're all it's really young. And, nah, she's, she's yeah. had time, mate. She's crap. No, but I, <laughs> I, I feel really bad getting down on some of them if they're like, sort of, let's say younger than 25, 26. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's that's kind of my, I kind of think, We're all right, give Give this time. Whereas someone like a Joel Redman, I like bringing up occasionally, <laughs> gave up on it. Free like, game. Went, Mate, it's not happening. You're, you're a, you'll be a hell of a personal trainer, though. Um, <laughs> the saddest eyes in British wrestling. The saddest eyes in British wrestling. <laughs> Look at the photos. Um, but uh, I, I would say with, yeah, with it kind of encapsulated everything that's that's been a problem with the women's division. Um, for me, like... Ginny is champion, great, great character. Would said it again many times. Put her in a Selena Vega role, yeah. you know, would be absolutely perfect. But as your as your champion, I don't know when really if you'd had Millie versus Tony Storm and just go focus on going towards that direction, you could have really built up Millie to take over the division. Focused that would her, yeah. and that would have been simpler to do. I don't you know? think she's quite there yet. I don't think she's quite there yet, but then who else is there to kind of take she's, on that? Yeah, she's she's the, given that kind it's of either that or yeah. you go back to Tony Storm, Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, or you go back, which it just feels really tight. And then it's it's a multi-person match again. I mean, mm-hmm. God forbid there ever be a women's match where it's just one-on-one. Yeah, and I think Millie McKenzie, Tony Storm would have got over on the day if it was. I think you could have really built Millie McKenzie as a challenger. I think Ginny, I've got real issues with the way Ginny wrestles with her body size, her frame, and her character. Her character works, but she should be wrestling chicken shit. Uh, I don't understand why she's continued to wrestle in the way she has and why no one has advised her and said, no, you're wrestling like this, you're a chicken shit heel. It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you look at her compared to Tony Storm in terms of their shape and also 
thoughts. Um, it's an odd one. I've no interest in this. If I was there every day, I'd be taking a piss. <laughs> Any interest in uh, Trent Seven and Doug Williams? Uh, that's another title match on the show. They had a completely flat tag in the go-home. Doug did get hurt, so that's part of it. Um, I like the story. I mean, Doug's outright retiring from other promotions, so I think the, the result is in no question. Um, I don't mind putting the Atlas belt on Trent Seven. I don't think as a match it's going to be anything to write home about, but Doug will get his moment. He will. I'd open with this because I think there's a relatively low expectation. You can go quite a short amount of time and the pair of them would generate enough of a kind of pop to go out to. I'd like to see Doug Williams get a special entrance where he enters with yeah. the other three pillars of British wrestling with uh, Jody, Johnny and Andy Boy Simmons <laughs> maybe accompany him to the ring <laughs> Hopefully he's while a wearing he'll those t-shirts. <laughs> you up? Hopefully he's a listener. He'll enjoy, he'll enjoy that. <laughs> oh yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, this this match looks fine. Um, I, I, it's a match on the card that I'm sure will be good, and there'll be a nice moment. Mm, definitely. Anyone give a fuck about the Thunderbastard tag? <laughs> We're here. It's <laughs> finally happening. Remember, he's fucking in it. I'm not I doing mean... a Martin Bush being explaining it. Yeah, it's a match. <laughs> it's happening. Oh, Look up the Chris graphic if you really want to see it. I, I just don't care. I mean, I reckon there's a lot of talent in there, and the Thunderbastards are usually fun. But my God, this show is going to be about eight hours long, I think. Longer than this bloody podcast. Can I just ask, who are the tag team champions? So, well, I've got the order. I don't even know. Uh, uh, Flamita and Bandito. Many thanks to Ian Hamilton about Body Drop Blog. Um, so, yeah, in at one is Bandido and Flamita. Mm. Two, Sexy Star. Three, Eminem. Four, Aussie Open. Eminem? What? Uh, Mills Merc- Mercury. Oh, I thought you meant Joey Mercury. And- <laughs> That'll be something. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be fucking hell. <laughs> Um, Anti-Fun Police, five. Uh, Grizzle Young Vets at six. Uh, Calamari Thatch Kings at seven. <laughs> and Joe's favourite tag team name, the 198. Uh, what, the, the, the Cardiff Bus Service 198? Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, credit goes to Andy Ogden for that Fair one. Fair yeah. Well done, Andy. Um, so, yeah, that's who's in it. Nice little reminder on the fly there for me. Good to see that the... fuck knows? Not fucking Scooby for this. I like the two tag teams who are coming in last. Two reconfigured tag teams have won the most matches in the tournament mm. by lots oh. of tweaking and lots... Fuck me, there's a lot. If I was going to do... I mean, like, who are you going to have around long term? I mean, I'd give it to Aussie Open. Mm. Yeah, to, uh, uh, know, it'd be they're, nice they're, to have seen Aussie Open get it in a, after a proper bit of yes, build. But... Yes, it would be. And a proper build against the Grizzle Young Vets would be the way, the way to go, which, you know, I'd have to say as well for this, having Zach Gibson just in a Thunder Bastard match feels like a terrible waste. Mm. Yeah, especially when he did a really good job in that match he had with Pete Dunne in Brooklyn, um, yeah. led in NXT, which I thought he was really impressive in, in that sort of setting as well. I'd give it to um, the Rinker Express, 2K18, Mills and Mayhew, why the fuck not? Mm. Yeah, I think I'd do that as far as tag. I think I'd just get Gibson out. You mentioned there, get him out of this tag division. Uh, I like him. I like him and Jake. I think they've been a good team. Yeah. But I saw, I think it was Callum Leslie. I think it was him, so I don't want to blame him entirely. He did a tweet saying that Gibson's missed the progress because he's been around so long and he's been on all the big shows. And it's just like, if he's he never missed, had a... if he was missed the progress, I think he'd have been the champion by now. I think they'd have actually, there's so many, there's been so many opportunities to make him the guy and it's not happened. 
Uh, and now he's buried in this match. He might as well be in the pre-show Battle Royal for all I care about this. I know they've been sowing some kind of dissension with him and Drake and them losing some of the matches in the series going in. I have been, pay- been paying attention, honest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I just that that stands out as a bit of a waste that he's not uh, featured in, in a big match here when progress are kind of carry- crying out for people at the top of the card, I think. Yeah, he would have brought some heat as well in a big way to whatever match he was in, I think, especially if he was in a standout single. Have Drake on the outside backing him up. Why not? But it's, it's, very, it's only really within WWE UK is he kind of pushed to the level that he should be at. Mm, yeah. It, think of it like in Rev Pro, he, like, I mean, and he'd signed the contract, so he was never. Yeah, it was stop and start in was, Rev Pro. It was as very, well, wasn't very it? stop and start in, in Rev Pro. Never seen him in Fight Club Pro. Um, the. In progress, he's never... There's been a couple of times it's been teased. I mean, he did get a title match, I think, against Pete Dunne, was it, early Mark on? Mark Haskins, he got one against, didn't he? Yeah, um, but they, it's, they've always Manchester. got like, their placeholder matches yeah, yeah. when they weren't doing like a he, was, he was a... he was a good guy to put in a match like that because of the heat he would generate. Mm. But never with any serious consideration that he was going to be kind of projected as the as the top guy. And we had that long gap after he had that title match with Haskins where he just disappeared from progress. It was ITV, wasn't it? Well, was it? There were all sorts of things, obviously, yeah. we heard about that following it. But that gap really just, I don't know, it sort of said to me that they'd lost a bit of faith in him possibly as well. I don't know. Who knows? But I'd love to see Zach Gibson going into this as, as the champ. I know Walt was a great champion, a good guy to have there. But mm. I oh, think yeah, in terms yeah. of heat, in terms of heat, yeah. Gibson would naturally bring that to the table. Would you like to hear about someone whose stock's fallen even further? The pre-show... I, actually, you know what? Before, I called Haskins and Riddle the JP Invitational. This pre-show Battle Royal, this is the real JP Invitational. <laughs> Chuck Jack Mambo, <laughs> Pasta William Eva, Ridgeway. Hey, Mambo turn heel, so <laughs> I'm like... With with Mambo, I'm kind of I'm I've much more of an open mind to what I have been. <laughs> Big T's in there, Daryl Allen, Danny Duggan, Sid Scala, and you might remember this name, guys, from Progress of Old, TK Cooper. Um, <laughs> oh, he used to be a big deal. Trust the process. Yeah, can't even sell his merch at Wembley. Yeah, uh, Mister Escape in the mid card has not escaped the mid card. What on earth is he doing in this match? But William Eva used to be a world champion. He's in the match as well. Damon Moser used to wrestle for progress. He's in this match. Just, wow. <laughs> That's what stands out for me yeah. in this pre-show bout. It's cool to give, you know, a lot of the trainee types and the, the younger wrestlers are getting to be on the bit. It's to get everyone on the on the card match, isn't it? But yeah. my God, TK Cooper stands out for me in that match. What What has happened to that man? Yeah, what has happened to him? Well and truly, well, we've said it a million times on here. Man, has his stock fallen, and it's really sad because he's got such potential. He's Roy such Johnson potential. level. That's where Fuck we are. Me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Let's hope he wins this, and it's a kick up the arse, and they actually book him properly, oh, and yeah. he stops doing shite like Escape in the Midcard because he's devaluing himself by doing that, yeah. and he's not protecting the TK Cooper brand yeah. by associating himself with shite shows that are called Escaping the Midcard, when he should have a little bit more, I don't know, maybe self-confidence. I know that's an easy thing to say yeah. in his ability and where he should be, because he should be way beyond this. Definitely. I think the other thing I'm expecting from this match is uh, Damon Moser. At least maybe he'll get a better entrance. My abiding memory of Brixton is when they were trying to push him 
and he came out all serious for the for the big tag match and some dude was just trying to get to his, his chair with his beer in his hand and walked right across Damon Moses tough guy entrance he never connected with me ever since that moment. I don't think there's... I don't know. He, he, again, like JP said, young wrestlers, you should always give them a second chance. Maybe this could be the start of something else for him. Uh, I'd look for him. Spike Trevay being in there, I'm sure he'll he'll get a couple of moments to shine. Is there anyone mm. you're expecting as a surprise? Anyone? They haven't announced all of the names. Obviously, Travis Banks. Uh, I wouldn't do it here, would you? <laughs> well, he's injured, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I don't know whether he'd be a, if he'd come in and win at the end or something. Probably not. <laughs> Anyone you'd fancy, JP? Old names? Oh, God, trying to think on it now. Um, Would be Alligero because we know he's a Old Black out. Junior. <laughs> How about that? There you go. <laughs> Danny, Danny Garnell. RJ Singh, maybe? Yeah. The, yeah. Br- the British Eagle. That could work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sticks. Yeah, um, no, I don't really want to see the, that. The problem is, I won't lie, the Rob names, Lynch. The, the names that pop in my head are of people who aren't allowed. <laughs> who, who, who uh, yeah, yes. you just you can't talk about. Let's not do it. Let's not go there. That's pretty. But that's all the matches then. That's Wembley. Um, fuck me, there's a lot of matches. Fuck me, that's going to be a long show. If I go, I think I'm going to miss that pre-show battle royal because the train that I've got booked doesn't get me in until about half three something like that and that's when apparently this thing starts and the show doesn't finish till half eight um yeah <laughs> any mm. other thoughts on that the, the the card now that we've laid it out there any more you're any more convinced to to go or are we still hanging on for 10 pound tickets to uh to turn up on StubHub? um yeah 10 15 pounds <laughs> my kind of limit i'd pay 20 Maybe seventeen fifty. <laughs> That's fair. How about you, Joe? That's what we should do from now on when we rate cards. What would you pay? Ticket price admission. That can be the that can be our star ratings. Yeah. Um. And a year ago, I was willing to pay forty quid, but my interest level is mm. well, there's an interest. Definitely, I wouldn't be talking about it on a bloody podcast if there wasn't an interest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. But time is precious life is precious and uh yeah there's other stuff i can do on sunday as well um but then i say time is precious i'll have to watch this on vod as well Mm -hmm. say that like it's a hardship but sometimes (laughs) i do quite like just being there live and never having to watch it back Mm. it'd be a good show to be live on on some kind of ipay-per-view service imagine that imagine yeah yeah, i'm sure it hit the attendance but you know uh, we are in the years. WWE Network. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> How about you, JP? How much would you pay? And uh, any last oh. thoughts on the, the card as a whole? Well, if I could go, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I'd go ab- above twenty. Because um, <laughs> partly, if I went, I'd have to bring my kids and draw a fake moustache on the youngest one. It's only crap. Above if above if I went seventeen fifty, right, and there was a ticket for twenty, would you give me two pound fifty? And then it means I'm only paying seventeen fifty. Yeah, all right. Oh, that. cheers, mate. What Appreciate a mate. That. What a mate. I think of it as petrol or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the amount of driving he's, he's done, really, it's I'm just permanently in, in a state of debt to him. Um, yeah, I actually think it's probably going to be, as a, as a show, it's going to be fun. And I can see the people there, if they're going and they're fans who are more invested in this than we are, They'll go along and watch it, and there's a card in isolation. It'll be fun, and there'll be enough kind of high and low moments throughout it. Mm. Um, and I'm more interested in seeing on the VOD because I want to see the presentation because of the venue that there is the expectation that comes along with it, as we said earlier on in the show. I what for me, it's where 
what happens next mm. after this? What follows on from this? Who is going to be elevated as a result of this card? Um, are there people who they're just going to put a bit of a big push on and you're going to think, whoa, didn't quite see that happening. Like one of the things that I thought was great a year ago um, at Ali Pali was when Eddie, Eddie Dennis turned on Mark Andrews because mm. people had been thinking it was going to be Flash and then um, the way they built it up, it was you'd kind of suspected that it could be a direction they're going, but it really took you by surprise when it actually happened. I, with this, it's harder to see that moment of something that is different and unique that stands out from it. And as a result, how is that going to draw things going on afterwards and where they go? Cause they've expanded a hell of a lot this year. Like as much as we, we we've mentioned about in terms of like financially they've done well, obviously it's been, there's been a hell of a lot of logistics going on with running shows in how many different countries this year? Between Germany, oh. US, UK, Australia, New Zealand. Did they run a show yeah, there? New Zealand, yeah. So, I mean, that's, did they do Canada? I don't know. Did they know. do a Toronto show? I, I know they remember. did before previously, but they've been there before, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. Um, with Smash. So, you know, there's a lot going on here. Like, what is progress going to end up becoming after this? Mm. Is it a place where if you're a placeholder in WWE UK and you wait to see what the final details are there, is this where you go to wait? And then is it going to follow the storylines that come on from that? How is that going to work? Um, so I'm more kind of thinking that they, they'll get through the show. It'll be big. It'll be, you know, it, it'll do well and people will like it. But then I kind of wait for this. Is this, are they going to have that horrible like post WrestleMania slump that WWE habitually falls into? I think they've been having that for the last <laughs> 18 months yeah i think i'll worry about them more in the in the build more than i do afterwards they'll probably put a couple of fun shows in after this there'll be an unboxing coming up it might be better um i don't know but yeah joe joe's probably right yeah if we're talking a slump it's uh it's over a, over a long period really uh, yeah. more than anything but yeah it's more how they it's more how they remedy it though mm-hmm. i mean how do, how do you think that they can remedy it i think you hit on the fact that I think that attention is elsewhere. I think that's my big yeah. takeaway from yeah. progress right now. You know, we it's no secret. It was in the Observer this week. WWE owns the progress tape library. Uh, Jim Smallburn's got an at WWE.com email address. He's going to be running. Well, a lot of them are going to be running the, the WWE UK shows. I just don't think the full focus is ever going to be back on it again. Uh, I think this is progress I, going forward. I think they almost need to let other people run it or they need to grow they need to recruit more people to help run things that their focus isn't necessarily on because mm. I, I bet in a year or two's time we're going to get a, a tuesday night job we did lose focus a little bit of points we did <laughs> yeah. wwe knocking our door we were doing this <laughs> we were overworked you, you know it's coming at some point there's yeah. sort of an admission of it because we can all feel it we yeah. all know it the fans who are like the most loyal hardcore fans of that company I've seen them say stuff sort of that has been kind of anti-progress. And these are people that would never say anything anti-progress. These are people a year ago would have been in our mentions giving us grief for daring mm. to say anything negative about the progress booking. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting how there has been more of an awareness of this recently and i think you know this nxt uk stuff let's be honest it looks shite those tapings they did in birmingham recently i've got no interest in those at all it still looks... hasn't it what is going there was talk i think it was in the observer as well you can tell it's an observer thursday because i read it this morning but there was talk <laughs> about them possibly being on bt sport but that was a 
uh, there was a problem with Sky, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and that has that, but that still hasn't heard those first lots of tapings. Just, yeah. I mean, what is going on? Yeah, completely lackluster stuff. I've got no interest in that. I don't think a lot of people have major interest in it either. So, you know, they're splitting their their workload between this shite product and then their product that was great has suffered as a result of it. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I really do hate WWE between Saudi Arabia using philanthropy to try and look like this great, lovely company, you know, booking an all-women's pay-per-view, boasting <laughs> about it as if it's like a Rosa Parks on the back of the bus moment or whatever, mm. and then doing a pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia four or five days later or whatever. They're a vile company. Donald Trump, Linda McMahon, and, you know, his government or the rest of it. They're a vile company. And this vile company, you know, have probably made the lives of the progress owners better. Fair enough. I get it completely. But at the same time, from a selfish perspective and the perspective of someone talking for British wrestling fans, it's affected the British scene in many ways. And it's affected the build to a show that I think should have been a really hot show. And unfortunately, it's not as hot as it should have been as a result of that. Yeah, fair. I think that's a... Fucking that's... WWE. Yeah. <laughs> Watch hey, any Hell in a Cell? Hey, the share price is $95 right now, Joe. So we do not know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just wait till people actually tuning into Fox start to watch that shite. That is a problem. See yeah. how long they hang around for. <laughs> like, hang on, this program appears to be stuck perpetually in 1998. <laughs> oh, man, it'd be great. You know, when they had that segment on like ESPN a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. uh, uh, which Coachman was doing. Imagine if Fox News started doing a WWE segment on Fridays to hype SmackDown. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh, God. Good. JBL. That's the future yeah. plus uh, President Stephanie McMahon. That's the other part of the future that's uh, too scary to think about right now. Oh, oh fuck that. <laughs> I bear in The Rock again. That's for the where it's all going, mate. That's where... The Rock, like he did at WrestleMania 2000, not 16, <laughs> lays that rock bottom once again. Do you remember that? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not condoning man-on-woman violence, by the way, before anyone kicks off. <laughs> and that's a good place to leave it, I reckon. <laughs> um, anything else to say? Or, JP, you want to plug your Twitter? Joe, um, do you want to plug not being on Twitter? How's your life been? Uh, any final closing thoughts yeah it's really good um i haven't been on twitter so occasionally i've had a look i'm not gonna lie but in the first couple of weeks i didn't have it i haven't been on there for about two weeks i don't even think about it it doesn't even come into my thoughts i'm sat on the toilet i don't think to open twitter up it's (laughs) really quite refreshing uh feel liberated to be honest (laughs) free of the virus what a world JP, you're not so lucky. Uh, want to plug your Twitter or anything else you got going on? I, I am. And just a little, I'd say a, a thank you to lots of people who, obviously, mm. as I mentioned earlier on, this 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 has been a bit a, a very difficult week for me. And I got lots of really lovely messages from people. And I just want to say thank you. It really does mean a lot. Uh, my Twitter is at JPJippy, three E's. Um, and I've not been really going on it all that much, although I'm starting now to kind of get back somewhat into the swing of things. So no doubt I'll be outraged by some controversy that will last about 24 hours. <laughs> Always the one. Anytime soon. <laughs> I don't have that anymore. No. 
Well, I do. You can find me on Twitter at Benson Richard E for my sins. Uh, follow the Indie Corner at the Indie Corner. If you go to the IndieCorner.com, there's a couple of graps and claps up right now. The uh, an IPW Tuesday Night Graps review and a Future Shot Wrestling Tap Two. That's a show we can get to, guys. We could resurrect Joe's Beer of the Week um, as Craft Ale meets Wrestling. That sounds like a really interesting show. Uh, Where also, is it? Uh, Future Shock in uh, in Manchester, Fairfield. Oh, okay, when what day? Oh, that that was this was a review, but they'll do be doing that oh. again. They'll be doing more. It, they'll be doing more on tap shows. Right, it's right, in, yeah. yeah, in combination with like a, a whole real ale vibe thing. I think that that's our scene. That that's a good northern trip for you guys. We should I make think it. Andy called Johnny Saint. Is it Johnny? Uh, Tommy Dick Fingers. He <laughs> called him. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Saint was there. He was there yeah. on loan. Oh, <laughs> it was a whole thing. He was. Yeah. Future shock in WWE, eh? Yeah, well, well, well. They were supposed to have a Pete Dunne title defense, and even though Pete Dunne was still on the show and he had his belt, and Johnny Saint was there a few days before, well, a couple of weeks before the show, they had to announce they weren't doing the WWE title match. So I don't know what happened there. Um, uh, but I Johnny Saint didn't announce it on the show then, because that would have been good. I don't think so. Not from reading Andy's review. Yeah, maybe someone <laughs> could correct us, but. His uh, cracking yeah. promo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> promo of the year. He's so like an arse, like, he's, he's like the kind of person we're not allowed to say anything critical about, but Mike, it's, no. <laughs> they, they, they've put him in a terrible position. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a shocking thing to do. Like, I can't imagine my granddad going out there at that age and being able to pull that off, you know? <laughs> For fatal match. What a man. Yeah, let's hope he didn't talk too much. <laughs> uh, elsewhere on the other corner, yeah, there's an OTT Live in Belfast review. And as we mentioned earlier, our friend Mark Buckled, he did a great review of his trip to White Wolf Wrestling and heading out to Madrid for wrestling. So if anyone would uh, consider that trip, definitely give that a read. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much us for another show. We'll be back soon. Bye. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Always tell stories about the man. Or got, you've got something to say to Volta. How do you sum up the fact that you're going to be competing for the Progress Wrestling World Championship against Volta in the main event of Wembley? So, like I've said before, this match to me means the world. I will no longer be seen as an extra. I will no longer be seen as just another member of British Strong Style. I am the big strong boy, Walter. You can call yourself the bigger, stronger man. But when it comes to Wembley, I'm going to slap you about the gap. And I'll be walking away the brand new Progress Wrestling Heavyweight Champion.